0: The Gold Card Podcast is brought to you by the eSports Department. Gain access to the tools, projections, and analysis trusted by the best for League of Legends and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Join today at theesportsdepartment.com. Welcome to episode 83 of the Gold Card Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Vince Colotti at Gelati LOL on Twitter. With me tonight, the full Gold Card crew. We've got Josh Roberts at Roberts number 49. Good evening, y'all. Chris Chung at Prime LOL.
1: Hello, people.
0: And John George at the Esports
2: Plug. How we doing, everybody?
0: All right, so we've got our first... I guess we'll call them our hot stove or free agents, you know, hot stove season free agency shows. Uh, there will be a couple of these during the off season as the news trickles in, but since we have the majority of the, of the lineups for specifically the Western Leagues, uh, a couple teams withstanding, uh, we're going to be spending a lot of time on that tonight. Uh, we'll discuss a couple of the moves we see in the LCK and some in the LPL as well. So that will be the show for tonight. There will be more than enough in this one to fill this up, so I'm sure we'll have uh, plenty going on. But I figured before we get into anything and before I forget, because I will, anybody in the United States, happy Thanksgiving this week. Be safe. Enjoy um, enjoy some football on Thursday and everything like that. and Enjoy your long weekend if you've got it. Uh, what are you guys' plans for Thanksgiving? Anybody doing it? Any, you guys just everyone staying home?
2: It's a real accurate – Thanksgiving representation because we're taking diseases to other people and maybe infecting them. So it's really accurate <laughs> Thanksgiving remake. You know? I saw
0: someone say it yeah. the other day. I was like, "Oh, too real," but it that's is true. true. So yeah. Everybody same point. I know I'm 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 going to be with my mom and two bro- my, and my two brothers, and that we're just doing like a small small shindig. So, uh, keeping it low key. Watching a lot of football drinking a lot of scotch that's how i'm going to be doing thanksgiving so <laughs> all right um any updates on the uh so we we started a new challenge over at the esports department too right john right you want to any any updates there
2: yeah it's the uh it's wilson challenge part two we failed horribly the first time we wilson uh took some time off he messaged me back this time and was like look i've been practicing i've been in the lab i want to get back and try this thing again and so we started running the Wilson Challenge again. This At the moment, we had, well, we had three weeks to get him to gold four. He's like a career bronze. I think he's bronze 30% win rate on his main account. And we had to get him to gold four. Uh, at the moment, he's in silver four. Uh, and... Like, at 85 LP or something like that. And we have two weeks left. So, we got two weeks to go from, like, silver three, basically, wow. to gold four. You guys made some pretty Seems... good progress, actually.
0: That's that's pretty good.
2: I'll tell people, if anybody hasn't been watching, it's been a real lesson for League of Legends players in, like, how to make yourself valuable. Uh, just, like, a little side thing, but, like, the first challenge that we did, Wilson played Hecarim every game. And when we started this challenge, he played Hecarim every game. And we have a combined, like, 30% win rate on Hecarim. Like, I was basically not improving his Hecarim play at all. As soon as he switched to Vi so that he had hard CC for team fights and he could, and he automatically did something every fight, we have, like, an 80% win rate on Vi over, like, 25, 30 games. It's just been a huge difference just because even if he's way behind, yeah, he can click R on whoever I tell him yep. to click R on, and just that is enough to change us from, like, 30% win rate to 80% win
0: rate. K-I-S-S, so, right? Keep it simple, stupid. That's it.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, just a lesson for league players. Sometimes, maybe if you're failing, it might have something to do with what you're, what the champion that you're playing is supposed to be accomplishing or what they're supposed to provide. You know, <laughs> my number one problem as a play.
3: Are you are you insinuating that Morgana jungle is not the play here, or what? I don't know. I don't know what Morgana jungle provides. I'll
0: say I'll say this too. So, uh, for those that don't follow the game uh, as closely currently it's the preseason which is when they do the major major changes to the game and there's the item rework that's been live that went live a couple weeks ago and it's kind of the wild west right now where it's they change a huge swath of the game and it's just everything's going to be broken and exploitable and and all sorts of different things but i will say like this is something i used to hate in the past because i was someone that would like Solve the puzzle, find my lane, and stick to it. But like, I'm kind of enjoying just exploring all the different stuff this time around. So I've I've actually, despite losing a boatload of games, I'm actually quite enjoying uh, the item rework that's happened. I think it's kind of uh, it, it, I don't know. It, it's just neat. It's still I'm still trying to figure out like what's optimal, and I'm sure like over time everything will get figured out and solved, so to
2: speak, and you know nerfed and buffed. But it's
0: kind of fun. It feels it's like the Wild West right now.
2: Yeah, I, I'm getting the feeling after playing for a little bit that, like, I, I didn't like it because I'm old and crotchety and I don't want to learn anything new. See. Like, I, I've already, I build the same items on the same champions for five years and I don't want to change it. But uh, I, I I get the feeling the more that I look at it that, like, this probably, I don't think, is going to have very much effect on pro play. Yeah, Like, I, I think they're going to figure out which items are good. And they're going to balance the items, and I don't think this whole change is going to affect real play very much at all. Yeah,
0: I know there's like a bit of a narrative going around that, like you know how many teams lost to Boris last season, right? Like that was the whole like LS narrative, and we'll, we'll we'll touch on that whole thing in a, in a little bit. But uh, the whole like losing to Shopkeeper, so sort of like like angle, right? I think this was kind of a weird. Everyone was like, oh man, they're going to change all the items, so now Boris is going to be even more broken. But I think, and maybe this is delusional, I don't know when they do an item overhaul of this magnitude, I would assume most teams and coaches are going to pay more attention now. So that I think there might be actually fewer mistakes, so to speak, like build mistakes and stuff. than you know, when we did in the past, because right now that's the focus of the game right now. So it could be like a weird blessing in disguise for teams that were losing to Boris a lot. I don't know. It's weird. It's just interesting, but I've liked it so far. It's, it's neat. Um, they already did a visual clarification of some of the items cuz they all were looking the same for a while which was awful for <laughs> recognizing what people were building that had like the same color schemes and everything it was bad but it's getting a little bit better and I'm getting more comfortable with everything too so I think it's uh it's quite fun if you have if 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 you if you haven't played in a while and you you know want to jump into something fresh where nobody knows what's going on anymore and you know want to see some weird stuff like AP Twitch then feel free and jump in it's, uh, it's a it's 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 a lot of fun right now so Alright, um, I guess we'll just get into this, because we got a, we got a lot of moves to get into tonight, so I figure we'll start with the two, the two Eastern leagues, because their free agency just, it, it's a slower developing time frame, I know specifically for the LCK, there's kind of like a lot of dominoes waiting to fall, and that's why, because they start roughly the same time as the L- LEC and LCS do, um, but there's a lot more like, key pieces, like, you know, everyone's waiting for this player to decide where they're going before they make the rest of their moves, kind of situation. That that was what I, I, I believe I saw. Uh, I think it was um, uh, Linda I Chris at I was was uh, talking about this, and I seen something else on Inven where there's a lot of teams waiting to make a move based on, you know, where this player signs or X player or Y player or whatever. So there's a lot of that going on, but there are some things we do know for the LCK. Uh, first of all, uh, Brion Blade, which is rebranding to. Uh, High Fresh or HY Fresh Blade, I'm not sure. Uh, it's a new branding. I didn't look into the pronunciation. But they are going to be rebranding to that, and they are going to be the new uh, 10th team in the LCK, now that it's franchised, and that will be the franchised team. But uh, before, I guess we'll start there, right? Might as well, because we're talking about them. Uh, the only people we have locked for that team currently are Chieftain, Mighty Bear, and Henna. Uh... She, uh, Mighty Bear specifically has been kind of a mainstay of the Korean challenger scene. He's kind of been up in the LCK and down. He's played in the LCK a couple of times before. Uh, this is not the same Chieftain from uh, BLG. There's two different players, so I believe. Oh. Let me just double-check that. And that's about it. We we know for that team. So um, any, why don't you guys take over the big one? Because Hanwha made the big moves this morning, and we'll just go down for the rest of this list in order from there. So he wants to take that.
2: Yeah, Hanwa trying to make themselves uh, a real contender here. Uh, they pick up Morgan from WE.
0: <laughs> um, Correction, that was the same Chieftain. I'm sorry, I just
2: wanted to correct myself. Because okay. I know there's, no, is. there's another
0: Chieftain that's, I believe, a coach, and that's why I was like
2: mixing it up in my head. So
1: Yeah, actually, I actually didn't know
2: that was the yeah. same Chieftain. Uh, but but Hanwa picked up Morgan from WE, Mir from Dire Wolves, Winter from Genji Academy, Chovy and Deft being the important, uh, the big ones. Uh, Chovy and Deft going over to Hanwa. Kind of interesting, because I feel like if I was Hanwa and I'm trying to build a new team, I'm not sure i get both of them. Like, I think Chovy was kind of like a sweepstakes. Like, anybody that can get Chovy is going to try to get him, and they should try to get him. Deft feels a little weird. Uh, I, I don't know. For this roster in particular, like, whether it's and Vista, whether it's Mir, Winter... Putting Deft with any of these guys seems a little bit weird. I don't yeah. know. I, I'm not entirely sold on this lineup as far as we know it so far.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of people are, are really excited about this lineup because they, like, for the first time in maybe mm. the history of ever, like, wire actually, like, making some big splashes, right? But I can't help but think that this... I mean, I don't know. There's a couple, like, I don't know too much about Winter. I know he's been, he's played a lot in the developmental, like, the the Korean system, I'll call it. Um, And that, historically, has been a good thing. Like, a lot of the players coming out of there are good, but Mir, I I didn't watch a lot of Direwolves this season, but it would be pretty cool to see an Oceanic player playing in, in the LCK. That'd be pretty wild, right? Um, so I don't, uh, from what I remember, it was good, but like, didn't really stand out good or bad to me. Maybe, you know, I would to look at that with a more fine tooth comb, but yeah, Deft, I think we all said it a bunch of times, like, and we've talked a lot about Deft recently because we just had the world championship, but Deft was maybe the worst player on that team, despite being the second best AD carry ever top five, maybe players ever. But he, I think there was a pretty strong argument that he was maybe the worst player on that Dragon X team, and I think a big part of why they were good was because Cario was just a monster and kind of carried him in a lot of games. He had some really underwhelming performances. He he wasn't bad. I don't want to say he was bad, but he wasn't like super carry deft like that we've like come to know over the course of his career. So. I don't know if that was by design or or he just had an off year and he can, you know, recapture some of that here, but um I think everyone's assuming Oh, they got Chovy and Deft, they're just going to be good. And maybe they will be. It's certainly an upgrade over what they had, I think. Well, at least Chovy is. I don't know I'm not entirely sure Deft is cuz they had you got to remember they had Viper and Hens.
2: So Maybe it's it's weird to let Viper and Lehens go and then pick up Chovy and Deft. Like, why don't you just pick up Chovy and keep Viper and Lehens and then Chovy, Viper and Lehens, you know, you're starting to get the Griffin gang back together and you replace the other two positions. I think you're looking better than what we're looking at now. Yeah,
0: it's 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 weird. And we're going to talk a lot about this. And I guess I should have touched on this before we dive into these. I guess I'll mention it right now. But we're only reporting stuff that we know that's official. And the other point I wanted to make, and I didn't type it out here, is We don't, unless it's very painfully obvious, we don't know the financial situations of all these teams. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. We don't know how these negotiations went. Maybe this player doesn't want to play for this team. Maybe he doesn't want to play for this coach. Maybe he doesn't want to play with this player. Maybe Viper and LeHen's going to break. Like, we don't know any of that stuff, right? All we can do is operate from, you know, the context that we have. But I agree with you, John. Like, it looks a little strange that, I mean, I'm assuming Chovy just cost a boatload of money. Uh, I would assume, I mean, he was one of the best players in the world, period. There was an argument that he was, you know, was top five. I think we all had him in the, our top five players, right? Uh, at least mid laners in the world. And you figure, like, that had to be, you know, they had to back up the Brinks truck for him, right, I'd assume. But not, they're, like, they're not, maybe maybe Viper and Lehens just wanted out. I don't know. Like, that's the other thing we don't know here. But, yeah, I agree with you. It's a little strange looking, right? Um, anything else? Any other comments on Hanwha? It's probably an upgrade for them, but I'm not saying this is going to be an LCK-winning team. I just think they'll be better than they were last year. Yeah,
1: right. You're going to cost me money. That's all I know.
0: <laughs> well... How about Sandbox? Uh, So the only thing we know for Sandbox is that Dove and Gorilla Gorilla left. uh, who who is a developmental jungler, uh, joined. And they extended uh, Root. And then everyone else is still under contract. So presumably they're going to be marching back roughly the same crew of players. Maybe with a more solidified lineup this time around. I would assume it's going to be – I mean, I don't know. I always say that with this team, and they they always end up playing like 10 people. So I don't know. Uh, obviously the other thing I didn't put here is that Yamato's back or Yamato left again, so they've you know back to their not previous coaching staff, but they're gonna have a, a Korean coaching staff again. So um
2: any thoughts here? I don't know. There's not a whole lot to me to discuss here. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to look at their roster to try to see how it looks without them.
0: It's still it's, it's still it's still on fleek and summit
2: and they still have fate. Fate's gonna be instead the middle of the full time. Instead now. of Dove and then Leo and Leo and Root as possible botlanders and then Cabby support. Yeah. yeah. not not real exciting. It feels like a downgrade. Like we got to see a little bit of Cabby last year. Uh, he didn't look at, like insane. Yeah.
0: It wasn't like good yeah. or
2: bad. It's just kind of like Yeah, it feels like a little maybe a little bit of a downgrade for Sandbox overall, but it's hard to tell. It's yeah. really hard to tell.
0: Also there's I mean, there's still a lot of moves to be
2: made in the L C K so we
0: can Wait to see, which is why we're going to spend less time on that than we are on the other reasons today. Um, Gen G, as of now, nothing official at all. That I like, unless I miss something, like I don't think any of these players have officially left or signed elsewhere, and they haven't officially signed anybody either. So as it currently stands, it's the same Gen G lineup. You know, barring, you know, I guess we'll we'll wait and see. There's a lot of you know chips to fall still, so
2: probably run it back
0: if you're gen g right if i'm
2: gen g i'm running it back the team was good yeah they just had had a bad tournament
0: they just had a bad tournament that's all it was they were so good yeah
2: i think i run it back for sure if i'm gen g so not surprised there
0: dragon x is kind of pulling i mean we're going to talk about a couple of teams that are just like question marks across the board uh dignitas later on and i think like misfits to some extent as well but uh, as of right now, Dragon X only have Quad under contract, who is the backup mid laner slash top laner. He's just like a solo lane specialist. That's it. They don't have anybody else signed, and um, a lot of the uh, the former lineup are signed elsewhere. Caria, we're going to get to Kerry in a second with T1, Death to Hanwha Life, Chovy to Hanwha Life, uh, and I believe Piosik and Doran are still free agents. So...
3: Piosic's I'm pretty sure p6 still under contract. There was, like, a oh, okay. a door that I think, I don't remember if it was Linda. He was,
0: or... it, I mean, he was taken out of the database, so I mean, maybe, oh, was maybe it? Okay. something's going on. There just wasn't a story about it, but, like. Uh,
3: yeah. Someone told some really, really sad story about how, like, on the last day, everyone was packing up their things, and Piyosik, like, jokingly, like, pulled all their clothes out of their bags and put them back. It's like. Uh I
0: did read that. I did read that. But I thought
3: I guess that must not have been I mean literally. that could have
0: been that that probably did happen, and maybe like the next day he found out that he was gone too or something. I d I don't know. But I know that there was something it was taken out of the out of the base for that. So uh a huge question mark for Dragon X. You almost never see a team go to the world. I mean you will see it sometimes where a team just like completely rebuilds after that, but um yeah, kinda of, a lot of question marks for Dragon X. Afrika Still have Keen, Fly, and Dread under contract, and the rest are question marks. Uh, Mystic and – I think Ben said he was retiring, if I remember correctly. Yeah, right? I think Ben's retiring, and I thought I heard something about Mystic being gone. Yeah, Ben, yeah, ben, Re- ben retired, so. and Mystic, uh, I think, is a free agent currently. We just don't mm-hmm. – I know Afrika were one of the teams that people were talking about Choby going to. So maybe they're willing to throw some money around.
2: Yeah, put some money to somebody. Get Keen some help. I feel like Afrika is a team that is capable of being a world's team if they get some extra talent in there. So I'd like to see them spend a little bit. Yeah,
0: and I'll say say this. Because Afrika were, like, the clear – to me, like, they were the clear, like, fifth. Like, them and KT, I guess, was pretty good, too. Like, those two were a cut above, like, the bottom of the LCK. But they just could not hold a torch to the good teams, like the top four teams. So – I agree with you. You got to get Keen. And I also, I say this is like, I thought fly had a pretty good season relative to his career last season. That was probably one of the better seasons of his career, but get Keen some help, please. I actually like dread. I hope they keep dread, but he's kind of meta dependent. So I guess we'll see. Uh, damn one. We have Koma joining as a coach and Canyon showmaker and ghost are currently under contract. Uh, Barrel signed a one-year extension, and Nogari is testing free agency. So, as of right now, Koma joins. Zeff and Danny leave. We're going to touch on that in a second. They went to T1. That's the coaches that we – notable because we nominated them as potential Coach of the Year candidates, right? Uh, they went to T1 after a whole debacle that we're going to touch on in a second. Koma leaves Vici in the LPL, comes to Damwon. Uh, Nogari is testing free agency, and then the other four are still there for the time being. So, yeah, uh, feel, I don't know, Damwon, it feels kind of, maybe you run it back, but sometimes running it back
2: as the actual champions hasn't always panned out well. Yeah, with, with Damwon, I kind of feel like, and they lose part of their coaching staff, which I think is, is relevant, and they, are, they seem to some degree kind of meta dependent because they were so different from split to split last year. That I, I'm worried a little bit if I'm damn one. The like a, a change in meta and your coaches not being there can be like kind of a double whammy where they just might not be nearly as good next season as they were this season. There's still going to be some level of good because they have great players, but uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit worried if I'm a damn one fan.
0: Yeah, uh, I think. Um, I mean, I guess the the, the counter argument is like you're you're going from one great coaching staff to Como, which is potentially good
2: yeah I don't know i think I don't think coma's time in Vici's like speaks well for him necessarily i he yeah. didn't do terrible in vichy but he didn't he didn't elevate them in a big way i don't think yeah
0: I, I mean I think they were a better team, but it wasn't like so much better that it was like world you know blowing the doors uh, like blowing the doors down so to speak so I, you're right like these players are just good enough that like this is probably just gonna be a good team no matter i mean who's i'm trying to think of top lane free agents
2: they could go get.
0: Ooh, they, should on. They, should they should grab Noguri. They should get They should grab
2: testing free agency. He'd be a good one to yeah. pick up. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I mean, maybe they maybe they do end up running it back. Like, maybe Nogri is asking for a lot of money, and nobody wants to pay him, and they just end up... They, maybe they end up running it back with the same lineup. I do love oh, that they extended cool. barrel, because what a wild... Man, that guy... <laughs> Was just out of his mind last year. After he, this, he was another Sofm story where he was always like pretty good, but like was just on another level last year. <laughs> and yeah, I, I mean, there's a chance this is a smep situation. He comes crashing back down to reality. I don't know, but it, I it might behoove them to, to mix it up a little bit. So we'll see. Uh, one other note from Dan: what is is uh, nuclear. Over retired. He was the support or the backup AD carry, uh, and the AD can. carry from the previous year uh, mm-hmm. was the one that played at Worlds last year. So, or yeah, twenty nineteen Worlds. Uh, we already touched on High Fresh Blade, uh, KT Rolster, Only UCal is signed right now, so they were kind Ooh. of an exciting team last year. But uh, uh, historically, a team that's not afraid to throw money around.
2: Build around UCAL part two. Like, this is their second attempt at it, basically.
0: Yeah, but if you remember last year, like, they kind of had... Like, part of what was so exciting about that team was that they had, like, legitimately, like, seven or eight really good players on that team. And they just couldn't piece it together quick enough, I guess, or well enough. I'm a little
2: surprised to see them not re-sign, like, at least one or two other people. We'll have to see who they end up re-signing because it's like, I like the strategy, part of the strategy they're going with. Like, pick up some guys... See who pans out over the course of the year and then get rid of the people that didn't pan out and keep the people that did pan out and keep building from there. So I kind of like that strategy in general, um, but it seems like ditching their entire team other than UCAL wouldn't be premium. They had some other good spots on that squad, so I wouldn't mind seeing them keep another player or two. Oh, aiming and Tucson were pretty really, like they were a good bottom lane. Yeah, I thought Aiming was very good, and Tucson's been consistently good.
0: Yeah, I, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. KT almost never fields a bad team. Ever basically, so I, I'm I'm kind of intrigued to see what they do. Maybe maybe that's where Nogri lands. Um, Ooh. next up we have T1. So the big pickup, I guess there's really like two. They picked up Carrier, which is kind of a shame for effort because effort was so good, and it just keeps he like has just gotten better and better and better as as his career is going on. But I mean, Carry is really really good and he's 18 so you're, you, it's pretty hard to make an argument against picking up like the next big thing you know what looks like to be the next big thing
3: uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if they split time as well I mean we've seen T1 do that Yeah. at, at other positions over time and uh, I mean with the situation that you alluded to earlier I think it's pretty clear that effort seems to be sticking around for now yeah. um, and somehow that all broke out so I wouldn't be – I mean, it, it seems like if we haven't heard anything on effort, like, he's probably still going to be a part. Yeah. It
0: also kind of makes sense for, for T1, too. This is a team that always stables good players for either subs or – and now that we have the franchising in the LCK, like, the actual academy teams, I mean, T1's just going to smoke that league. I'm just going to say it right
2: now. Get your but Yeah, guys, I was literally just about to say – oh, well, if you're talking about the actual LCK, I was just about to say get your T1 futures. Yeah. Like, Your T one futures asap because I think T one is going to be monstrous this year. Yeah, I think they were already they were already good. They got better. They got a different coaching staff that I like. They they upgraded at support. I mean, I think this team's winning the LCK this spring. Uh, And I'll
0: say this too because I guess we should. I mean, we should talk about the elephant in the room for this whole thing. So they bring in uh, Zef and Danny from Damwon, the the coaching staff from Mm -hmm. Damwon, the the head two. there was a whole – this whole drama – you can read up – we don't have to go into great detail on this, but you can read up on all the, the whole situation with LS and the coaching staff and, and Polt and all the, the drama and the, the, the fan base for T1 is just going berserk and doing some really inappropriate <laughs> stuff. You can read up on all that at a number of different outlets. But I think that might be a distraction for a lot of people and – Say what you want, but people tend to bet with their hearts a little bit, and if there's something like this that happens in the off season, that is reason enough for people to dislike them like they could be the bad guys now, right, including the Korean fan base so I'll say like just on paper I think if if Gen G stays together, I think it's Gen g and t one and maybe one other team if they make the right free agent signings, but right now, I think those two look like just great teams to me.
2: I think there's going to be a lot of value too because we usually see the the preseason odds for the league open up based on who won last time or who's been most successful at recent tournaments and not take into account like free agent moves as much as they should. So probably T one. I don't think they're going to make T one the favorite to win the league. I think they'll be like the third favorite to win the league or fourth favorite to win the league, and there yeah. should be some really good value there. So. I'm waiting on futures for sure.
0: I'll say this. Uh, the few places that do have futures, up, like they're very, very loose. Like It's just like, oh, World's 2021 champion. It's very, very far away. But you can get T1 14 to 1. So I'll just say that. <laughs> uh, I think that's worth a gander. Also. <laughs> um, And then they extended Gumi Yusi and... So I'm assuming he'll see some time. I think what you said, like, we're going to see some roster shuffling. Like, we're going to see, like, Umiyusi and Closer are going to play some games. I'd assume Effort's going to get some games in. It's smart. It's just a smart thing. Like, this team, they've got how many, like, 20 players signed to their academy system? (laughs) Like, just, it makes sense to get these guys stage time, you know, in case bad things happen. Like, you never know. Like... Someone has a health problem or something like that. You never know with this kind of thing. So, um, more than any other team, maybe ever, T1 is always going to be prepared with this just stable of talent. And if anything, they're playing—they're like jock blocking, right? Like they're keeping keeping all these good players away from everyone else. So, um, yeah, T1 look really really good. I mean, Carry is just an upgrade. I think Khan is going to be another year better. This team is like terrifying. So, <laughs> uh. And worst case, like if Teddy falls off, Gimme he's really, really good too. So I guess we'll see. Uh, team dynamics, as of right now, Doctum and Rich are the only people under contracts. And the, the LCK as a whole, like there's just a lot of dominoes waiting to fall still. So I keep using that analogy, but that's about all I've got for now. So uh, yeah, T1 look really, really good. If Gen G runs the same lineup back, they look really, really good to me. And everyone else is kind of like, we'll see for now. I think don't overreact to the Hanwha hype. For the the time being. It's exciting to see them, like, do anything splashy, which is nice, I guess, but don't overreact. (laughs) Just because they're going from, like, a bottom-tier team to, like, at least passable, just based on the talent they have, doesn't mean that this is going to be, like, a league-winning team or even a playoff team, so... Alright, LPL. Very similar to the LCK. Uh, there's a lot of stuff waiting for, even more. Like, the LPL has done almost nothing. We had Nest. Um, anybody want to recap Nest that watched it, Dialed was pretty dialed into it?
2: Yeah, I have to admit I was not dialed into Nest at all. Yeah, I, like, I, I uh, watched the games. I, a... I watched a few here and there, but I was telling people, like, I actually just needed a couple weeks off of, of doing that stuff. And so I just said, you know what, I'm just going to catch up on everything like a couple weeks from now, and I'm going to take a little break off. So I don't know much about Nest, I got to say. Yeah, kind of the same. I was just, like, kind of watched it. A shout-out to uh, Emrick in our Discord, who, who did uh, some really thoughtful write-ups on, on Nest while we yeah. were you know, taking a little bit of a break. I really appreciated Emric putting that stuff in the Discord so people had something to look at. Yeah, so, shout-out to him.
0: Yeah, and I know... Um, I don't know if anybody... I know... I mean, there was DFS. There were DFS slates for this stuff, so um, it's pretty... I was honestly kind of shocked that they had DFS slates for it, but maybe a little preview that we're going to get DFS slates for uh, Demacia Cup, potentially, and uh, the... What's the other one I'm forgetting? Kespa Cup. Kespa Cup. That's right. That's right. That's right. right. So, uh, LPL. Uh, We're going to do this a little bit different because the LPL is even more up in the air. I'm just going to say stuff that has officially happened. I I wrote notable leavings or notable departures, I guess, is the word I was looking for but couldn't think of at the time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Home, the coach of JDG. Leaves Koma to Koma uh, leaves Vici, obviously, for Damn One, which we just discussed. And Weiwei, I believe, got recalled back to Sooning because I think he was a loner. Mm-hmm. He was another one of these yeah. loner situations that you know people have grown to hate. Hopefully, he gets some time there, but I guess we'll see. And then, other than that, uh, we just found out today that Scout and Scout re signed with EDG, and Viper is now going to be on EDG, which is. Interesting for the prospects of a
2: Hope, who I thought was a stud last year. The great North American top laner, Viper. Is that who you're talking about? The legend? No. He's going over to the, the LPL. One-trick? They need him over there. Oh, no, wait a minute. Hold on. It's hey, yet. listen.
0: On. China is the home of Riven one-tricks, okay? So maybe he'd be <laughs> at home there. Now, this is obviously re-signing of Scout. or not Yo. No, this is obviously Viper from the LCK. So, yeah, interesting for Hope because – Hope was a chi- like a domestic talent.
2: Yeah, he was very good.
0: So I don't know if this is like a role swap situation or he just was demanding a boatload of money. or, I mean, the other thing that's kind of looming over all of this is we don't know. The LPL is supposedly going to potentially go to some kind of salary cap model. We don't know if this is happening for sure. We don't know the details of it. The basic premise is that there is a salary cap and that players will be graded and you can only have one, like, top grade player. Like, we'll say, like, S, S grade player. We don't know how any of this is going to shake out. We don't know if any of this is actually going to happen, but, like, maybe that's part of it. Maybe Hope is qualified. Uh, I don't know. The, the LPL is really hard to speculate on right now because we don't know if this is going through or not. Uh, we just know who have officially left and who has signed. So, Scout and Viper are going to be on EDG. Maybe leaves hope to another team. Maybe some other team just threw a boatload of money at him. He was really, really good last season. And th- the eighty carry being good through all the roster turmoil and ro- lineup changes that that team had and, and COVID-like in- is- situations, he was just a stud the entire time. So... Oh they had what's his name they had BDD too right Or not BDD uh BBD
2: yeah they have BBD so as well, like but I agree on Hope I think Hope was very very good last season and I'm assuming someone must be trying to court him for him to be gone I I would think EDG would hold on to him if they could but Viper is a bigger name yeah. like EDG EDG hasn't been to worlds with Hope so a lot of international players don't know him and stuff like that Viper's a, a bigger name than him so I don't know maybe yeah it's just weird like I,
0: that almost makes me think that Hope's just going to one of the big orgs I don't know. Maybe RNG.
1: And they get rid of Betty and.
0: I mean, it makes sense. I mean, Betty was okay last season, but like, I'm trying to think of like who he would go to.
2: Because like that's the only way this makes to, sense, right? You can't go to RNG Prime because Uzi's coming back. Okay, listen, Uzi's not gone. <laughs> I, didn't back the <laughs> I didn't make a suggestion. I didn't make a suggestion. No, I he can go to Victory back 5. So bad,
1: man. I want to see Uzi
2: back so bad. Yeah. <laughs> yes.
1: Just, to, I, three,
0: to me, like that was just shocking because he's so damn good. That yeah. I mean, who was a better AD carry than him in the in the LPL last year?
2: Because uh, honestly, there was there, yeah, there was was a was reasonable
0: a there was a reasonable case that he was even better than
2: Huang Fong. I I thought Juming was among the best. And I think mean, was really really Hwang good. Jackie Jackie was, good, but Jackie hope was right good. up there. Like hope, hope was right, up right
0: up there. there with all these guys with Huang Fong, Jackie Love, like. Yeah, crazy. Maybe speaks to Mako, too. Mako's just a beast. I always think. I always thought Mako's been underrated his whole career, basically. Mako and Scout both have been the core of this team for, like, six years now. And, like, every iteration of this lineup ends up at least being, like... I mean, they're, like, the curse of the LPL. Like, they're just the fourth place <laughs> meme. Like, they're just perpetually fifth or sixth place, this team, so... But that's... that. I mean, that says something, right? Like... If that core is intact, then they're doing something right. If the coaching staffs doing something right. So, yeah, interesting. Um, uh, in terms of, I'll, I just wrote down like some of the big name free agents, uh, and there's a lot of people that I'm assuming just haven't announced free agency that maybe are they just it's just not like public. Uh, Langji, Kramer, Sword Art, Khan, and Gimgoon. Interestingly, maybe no F FPX, no um,
3: wait gelati spreading rumors who are you dude? i know what? who is this guy is where this did thing? vince go F- <laughs> F- I
2: agree would be pretty sexy would i would be I'd, be, I'd be down with that um
0: holder was passable who's serviceable top laner for for rogue warriors i mean that team was god awful but he was okay uh alias i would not say the same thing about <laughs> uh captain backup mid laner for invictus uh Rat, Irma, CJJ, the, like the East Art, a lot of the E Star subs and players, and Maple from LNG uh, are officially tested. Do we think Maple gets another
2: shot, or is Maple going back to the LMS? I feel like he's probably going back to the LMS.
0: I don't know. Like, people – I don't know. Like, if he, he feels like he's held in high regard, like higher regard than we hold him. But, like, the evidence is there. To me, like at least to me, the evidence is there that like he's I mean, he's serviceable. I don't think he's bad. So like if it's just the team that wants someone to hold, you know, hold the, you know, if you just need a filler, like a replacement level player, I think he's like around there. But I mean, he's getting up there, maybe he wants to go, I don't know. I don't know. That's interesting. He's I'll say he's more interesting than Alias and maybe
2: Holder too on this list (laughs) from nobody else and that includes the subs (laughs) so yeah I'm not not super excited about a team picking up Maple if I find out somebody picked him up I'm not going to be excited about it
0: he could be a guy you pick up as like a backup like a sub if you want to like do like a like a a two headed mid lane kind of situation or pick him up as like a positional coach like sometimes it's just good to have guys like that so I don't know we'll see um LEC time? We'll get get into the action. We have a slightly more solidified look at the Western League since... i say it's mostly done, but there's still a lot to get done. I'd say it's like 70% done in the Western Leagues. Um, Yep. I didn't really go in any particular order, so we'll just go by the sheet here. So, yeah, I'm just going to go by the sheet because otherwise we'll get lost forever. (laughs) um, Mad Lions, uh, Yoya from Movistar Riders... Uh, picked up for the top lane there. Uh, EU Masters stands. Where you at? What's the word?
2: So, El is very, very good. I do worry about El Yoya if it's Jungle Tank meta. I don't think Jungle Tank meta fits him at all. If if we're still playing Graves in Spring, if we're still playing Nidalee, those kinds of champions, I think he's like an absolute monster on those champions. But I'm a little bit worried if we're playing Sijuani in spring. Uh, I'm a little bit worried about Lulia, but he was very, very good. Um, I think it was a smart pickup. He probably was very cheap and he was very, very good at the EU masters level. One of the best right there with tinks is one of the better junglers. Also, that also at EU Spanish, masters. right? Yeah. So I think he's, he's a great pickup. I, like I say, I'm a little bit worried if the meta changes a lot because we've only ever really seen him be great on those kinds of champions. So who knows what happens if it switches somewhere, but
0: feels very on brand for this team in a way. Like the, the the Spanish organization picks up the uh, they're not that's not technically their farm system right like Mad Lions has a separate, do they have a separate? <laughs> yeah they have their own yeah okay, they have Viber, um, but Movistar is yeah. a Movistar is a a a Spanish organization so um mm-hmm. yeah they play what's the they play in the Spanish E Masters League which is SLO. historically which has historically had a, at least a couple of really really good teams in it. A lot of talent coming out of there, so
2: yeah, the whole Mad Rost- Mad Lions roster came from there. Yeah,
0: um, mm-hmm. and then Shadow
3: leaves. Did you? So, what's up? You didn't say they, that they got our moot, our, our, our our oh, that oh, Armut. Armut or Armut? Oh,
1: Armut. Oh, Armut. from the right. TCL. That's why yeah. they plays so Oromewit. So yeah, I knew, Armut. I knew
0: I was going to miss something in all these. I, had, I don't think I missed anything yet, but I, I knew I was going to miss something. Uh, Armut from the TCL uh, has multiple world appearances. Uh, has been just a stud in that league for years and years and years He's always shown pretty well at worlds too so that 's a nice pick up i mean i didn 't think arome was that bad last year, but he was i mean uh, there's a pretty good case that he was a weak link on that team right
2: yep yeah uh, same exact thing like i didn 't think he was terrible, but if you had to pick which one was the worst, i think it was it was him yeah so um
0: i mean armut is like a veteran veteran he 's been playing for a long long time. So, this could be good. This is his first shot at the big. The, the I would say the big leagues, but like the TCL. Don't disrespect the TCL specifically. The TCL, and now like, I guess the PCS as well. Well, what, what used to be the LMS. Like, don't disrespect these players because historically those two leagues are the best of the rest. Like, they're the best of the 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 wild card region teams or the smaller region teams or leagues. So. Um, he's been a mainstay in the TCL. He's been an absolute monster for basically his entire career there. So I'm, I'm actually kind of happy to see him getting a shot, which is which is cool.
3: Yeah, a little bit of a like a, just a, a slight undertone. Uh, LEC getting like a pretty big Turkish presence with the getting Armut, uh We'll get to Niski and Broken Blade as well, but mm-hmm. three, three signing three Turkish players. So that's kind of interesting
0: pretty sure I forgot broken blade on here too I gotta write that down um yeah. fanatic next um niski joins from cloud nine uh nemesis I don't think is officially out yet
1: but no he's but
0: probably out right
1: you can't start him and niski you, you just can't alternate both of them uh and it's- then obviously
0: reckless leaving for g2 which we're gonna touch on in more detail in just a second so as it currently stands Fnatic still need an 80 carry I believe they haven't signed anybody or announced anything yet
3: it uh, th- their Twitter hasn't announced it but it's just like a lot of the other ones where the Twitter's not announcing it till a week later Fion announced it as well upset. as uh, yeah as well as bloop and uh,
2: yeah it seems pretty well known like at this point that it's upset unless something goes crazy wrong yeah so it's looking
0: like upset then so I mean how's this team look I mean I think upsets very very good, so. I kind of it's just think this is an upgrade.
3: I feel like it's just a worse version of last year's team. I
2: don't know about that,
0: man. I, I think
3: know. Nisky
2: I think Niski's Nisky. better than emphasis, but I I'm not a big. I'm not as big of an upset fan as some people, so I would say upgrade mid lane downgrade. Well, I guess a. I'll say
0: <laughs> this to you then. Like, I guess we'll play devil's advocate on this. Like, were you that big of a fan of Reckless either?
2: Yeah, I, I liked Reckless, but another thing I think that's important to remember is that, like, Reckless and Hillisang have played together for a long time. Yeah, that's true. We don't know how upset and Hillisang do. It's I could definitely see somebody who wasn't used to playing with Hillisang losing their shit at Hillisang. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> like, that's, he's, that's he that just plays the way true. he plays, you know? Um, so, I don't know. I think probably this team will end up slightly worse than last year. But I, I don't – I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if they're a little better. I just don't think they're really going to compete anyway. I don't think anybody's going to compete.
3: Yeah, I mean, I do see July's point. I mean, I, so the the way Niski played with her, like if if he does the exact same thing with self-made, that's, you know, much, much stronger. Um, I'm just not certain how well that will be able to like – like how will he – I don't know. It's just like – they're not gonna beat G two, I guess. Is like I, I just don't. Yeah, know. but like they look like they the got, best team besides that, right? Yeah, I guess. Like, yeah, and they're gonna be number two, but like it's like they literally they got Dollar Tree Reckless in upset, and they got Dollar Tree Caps in Nisqy. So it's like, okay, cool. You're still. It, it
2: seems support. like. I think it it this team like kind good. Of, they they look good enough to be like second or third. I just, I just don't think they're going to compete with G2. I'll say I give a lot of credit to the LEC because the LEC really seems to have decided to to commit to rebuilding. Like, I think Fnatic will definitely be, like, a top three or four team because most of the teams in the league seem to have kind of accepted defeat that they're not going to beat G2 right now and that they need to just develop talent. And there's a lot of teams that went out and picked up, like, young lineups that I think can develop really well. Yeah, But they're, mm-hmm. they're probably not going to compete with this Fnatic lineup. So Fnatic should be, like, a top three team.
0: I guess um, you should probably just touch on this. It was kind of a bigger picture point I wanted to touch on with the LEC anyway. But do you, are you? Part of me is okay with the whole idea of rebuilding. The other part of it, and like I, Josh, was it you that we were talking about this in Discord the other day about how is it right to just go into rebuild mode because you can't beat G two, like? do you need to make your goal beating G2 or do you need to make your goal creating a good team that can compete internationally? Cause I think a lot of people just look at it as like, Oh, if you can't beat G2, then you can't be compete internationally. And I don't think they're mutually exclusive. Like
3: I like, yeah, the- I think,
0: Oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
3: Yeah. I mean, so I, I think it should be the latter. Like I don't think domestic titles should matter to anyone as much as they seem to. Um, and I even think like we saw G2 embrace that themselves with yeah. the way that they, you know, didn't care about Spring Split or, or whatever it was. You know, they were struggling, and they were fine with it because they knew that they would be able to be competitive when it mattered. And I do think that that's, you know, what's more important is, like, okay. I mean, look at uh Sooning, right? Like, yep. who cares if they got third in the LPL, they got second in the World, Dude, right? look like,
0: at Rogue. Rogue, I, like, they didn't get out of groups or whatever, but I thought Rogues looked – they
3: looked good at Worlds. Yeah, but it's like – so Rogue won the regular season title, and then mm-hmm. – can get out of groups at world. So, like, I guess that's kind of bouncing it back to you. Like, are you – is that
0: – I guess I guess my, my whole thing is that you don't need – i I'm just – like, this conversation is coming back to me now as as we're talking about this, but somebody was making the point of if you can't beat G2, then, like, essentially, like, why bother when I don't think that should be the case at all. Like, you should just be Here's- trying to build well, – You know what it was? It was should you build with trying to beat G2 in mind? Like, you know how in the NFL – You'll have teams that are within a division clearly try to build in a way to win their division games because they play the division games twice, right? If right. the other team has a stud wide receiver, maybe it's worth maybe going after that free agent cornerback that you can you know try to blank that guy out, so to speak, right? You see that kind of stuff all. Oh, this team has a stud offensive line. I guess we need to bolster our defensive line like through free agency in the draft, right? They don't like to say it, but it's a hundred percent something that they do. I don't think. See, to me, the difference is it's not in the NFL. You have to play that you have to play that team twice. You can make the argument that in the you know in, in League of Legends you have to play these teams domestically, and your best route to Worlds is through a domestic title, right? Or to play well enough to get a high seeding to put yourself in a position to. There's a lot of people saying like, oh, like if you can't if you don't have a better mid laner than Cavs, then you should start trying out new people. And I don't think that's the case at all. I think you should just get. Like good that that's where the whole conversation stemmed from. I was like, let me let I'm me going. argue for
2: the full rebuild. Let me argue for the full rebuild because I don't I'm disagree a guy, with that either. But go ahead. I'm a guy who kind of is on the train of like, if you can't beat G2, you should rebuild. And part of the reason for that for me is it is way more treacherous than people realize to try to be like the rogue in this scenario. Mm-hmm. Let's say like Rogues a team who's putting together a team that's that should compete probably won't beat G2 but should be a playoff team maybe could be a world's team. But the problem is to do that you have to spend some money cuz you got to get some good guys and you're but you're not putting together a roster that's likely to come first or second. So you're going to be right on the edge of being a real competitive team. And if even one team just jumps up and surpasses you, then suddenly you spent a whole bunch of money and didn't get any good new young guys and you're still not a, like you're still not a world's team. Like, all it would take, you know, is some a couple of these vitality guys, like, really improving and becoming, like, much better this season, and suddenly a team like Rogue might not even make the, you know, top four, and they're not even going to Worlds, but they paid Odewamne, and they paid Larson, they paid Hadsama. And so I think it's really treacherous being, like, one of those teams that knows you can't win, but or probably aren't going to win. Obviously, you could, but who knows you're not likely to win, but you're still going to try to compete to be a top team? Yeah, I think that's a really treacherous path, where – if you go out and just pick up a roster like what SK Gaming has picked up here, which I'm not the biggest fan of their roster, but it's a t- it's a roster of that where they're saying we know we're not going to compete this split, maybe we can compete two splits from now. I think I just prefer that to being like let's pick up a whole bunch of B B level guys and hope that we come third. I, yeah. I just thought a uh, it's just so easy to get knocked out of that third place spot and be completely irrelevant and having overspent and so that that's my argument for the full rebuild.
0: Yeah. I do think it's it's kind of this interesting. Because, like, there's there's obviously merits to both, right? Like, that's why, like, I don't think any side is either, like, is necessarily wrong or right in this situation. I just think it's always a fascinating conversation to have where, like, I mean, I guess, the, I mean, one of the counters you could make to that is, like, oh, one of these teams could overperform. G2 could underperform. Nobody wants to think mm-hmm. about that. But no, no. I mean, these guys are, you know, pretty far into their careers. I would say as good <laughs> as they were last like, year. I guess this is a pro G two argument in a weird way, but like G two were like clearly worse than they were the year before, and still top forward worlds. So, and the game, and they had all the stuff going on over the course of the year with them, and they still top forward worlds. So maybe that's telling enough that maybe they bounce, maybe they're even better next year. But to me, I, I, I'm trying to remember the name of it, like uh, and, like fragility, right? Like they could just as easily, like two, maybe one or two of them fall off a cliff this year. Or they're just, like, replacement level. And all of a sudden, you know, they're still going to be good. But, yeah. I, see, to me, like, I, I look at Europe. Um, I guess we should just cover the rest of these teams, right? Because I, I, to me, like, Fnatic and Rogue, I I could see Fnatic and Rogue winning the split. As, G, as as I mean, G2 is going to be favored, but I wouldn't be surprised if either of those teams won. So, I guess we should touch on those teams, right? It's that's a really inter- it's a really fascinating discussion, because um, like I I agree with you, John. Like I'm a fan of the rebuild. I just think that what ends up happening is like because we're on like esports time, which is like one year, right? Like er- one year, everything recycles again, right? Mm-hmm. That we tend to think like, oh yeah, just blow it up and rebuild. It's like much less detrimental than it is in like I want to say detrimental, but it's like it's 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 not it doesn't feel as bad as it does in a traditional sport where you have to spend four years just sucking and that sucks for your fans and everything, it's like, oh, it's one year, it'll be fine, or six months, it'll be fine, or whatever, right? But uh, I, I think there's good in both. Like, I like some of these rebuild situations, too, but, I I mean, I like th- some of the signings that these, these teams that are trying to win made, too, so. Any other comments on this one? This is a pretty... I mean, we could talk about this for a while. This could almost be, like, its own topic.
3: Yeah, I would just say, like, I think a rebuild is... Okay, in a vacuum, but like, it's not a good experience if you have eight teams rebuilding and two competing. Yeah, Uh, like that's just not really great for anyone. And in terms of like uh, the organizations in general, like they're always going to lean the side of rebuild right because they just don't spend as much money. Mm -hmm. like, so you're you're overly incentivizing like good players not getting a chance to play in certain cases that we've seen in the past, even in other regions where. You know, you're, I know Gelati. You're a big fan of like the old man, old man, League of Legends players, generally, right? And like this is where the, they get lost in that shuffle yeah. because people are like, okay, well, we could you know pay you two times more than this EU Masters player, but then we're shooting for third if we get him, then you know our expectation is sixth. So anything better is better. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, it's just a kind of bad loop to get in, in my opinion. Yeah,
0: I think the the other angle to this is like it's it's almost like. <laughs> It's almost like the same thing as like it, there's a lot of people that make like the prospects argument, right? Like, oh imports hurt your, your farm system, or imports like you're suffocating your developmental program, right? You're not giving these I mean, everybody always points to North America for this, right? Oh, by importing all these European and Korean players, you're not giving your domestic talent a chance to, to blossom, right? I mean, you could also make the same argument, like if if it ends up becoming so Ahead of itself, like the meta, like the 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 organizational meta becomes so ahead of itself that like it's just always rebuild. If it's not like promising young roster, then it's no good. Then you're gonna have a whole bunch of like solid quality guys that are probably better than these like than these rookies. So that, like at what point, like yeah, like it's like you were saying, it ends up creating this weird loop where it's like you're you're ch- you're chasing like first place instead of just good.
3: Yeah. Well, and the other the other issue I'll just mention quickly, in my opinion, is that. I think if they're committing to it and like actually developing talent, it's one thing. But you have like Mad Lions, a team that way overperformed their initial expectations. Full rookie roster got top four each split, went to worlds, didn't make it out of play-ins. Okay, and then they just cut forty percent of the roster. Yeah, like, that's not you know what I mean that's not a full rebuild. It's not you're, yeah exactly. You're, you're leasing someone for a year. So, like, uh, if you're actually committing to it, you know, um, and developing these players for a long term, then I think that's completely fine. But if you're just going to keep swapping in a bunch of these you know, similar level type of players mold, I just don't really agree with that. Yeah, I, I think
0: kind of looming over this entire, you know, digression here is the LCS and LEC format. Short format, the 18, you know, essentially nine best of twos split over 18, you know, over nine weeks or whatever. The the 18 single games in a season, 36 games total besides playoffs. Is that enough time to develop players, right? This is a yet again a pro best, even best of twos, like a best of three, like best of two, best of three argument, right? You get a bigger sample size. Maybe. I mean, there's a reason that, like, I mean, obviously besides the numbers, there's a reason, like, a lot of these Eastern organizations have these insane farm systems, and it's because they will give these guys stage time because they can, right? Now, there's an argument there, too. Oh, well, is that the most competitive game if they're just starting subs once they clinch playoffs or whatever? But, like, to me, it's, like, ideally, like, you could make the argument either way based on that evidence, but to me, like, I'd rather see – I want to see seven games out of this guy. It might not be a great sample size, but it's something, right? Whereas if you're just like throwing like like what's his name, uh, name like an L, like an L, like an LCS academy player that's like promising, right? Like I know people like King, yeah, yeah Niles, King. like all these yeah. guys. Like I'm a huge Niles fan, right? I think he's going to be a monster, but there's a good chance he just comes into the LCS and it just doesn't work, right? Does that just mean like we quit on him after six months? So. I think that's kind of looming over this whole thing too is that these LCS teams aren't really they're they're incentivized to go all in or all in the other direction and not a balance of both which I think is the best thing you could do really. Cuz I think there are a lot of situations like like John I think there's a lot of situations where it is right to just blow it up and start over like start fresh. Like it's just better to do that. And I think there are a lot of like you know quote unquote like washed up veterans that really are past their prime and they're just like serviceable at best. And you should probably be starting seeing what you have in a prospect over playing that person, right? But I, I think teams go too far in both directions. Some teams go too far in, in the rookie direction. Some teams go too far in the veteran direction, right? So I think it's kind of like – it's really hard to tell in the, in the Western leagues because they're not in, like there's not enough of a sample size to get a taste of everything, right? Like what do we see from um, –
2: it's this is a GM thing though, right? Yeah. Like you have to watch their scrim games. You have to watch how they're interacting with the yeah. players. You know, they've seen a lot more than eighteen games from a guy.
0: Yeah, obviously, so, yeah, obviously than we you know, than we have for sure. In
2: theory, picking up a rookie and letting him play one full season or whatever, you should get a pretty good idea. Yeah. from everything, not only the stage games, but exactly. everything else that happens with him, whether or not he's going to be a good fit or whatever.
0: Yeah. So I mean, in that way, it, it doesn't look that bad to just like blow it up after a year if you know. I mean, especially if you know that these guys were, like, playing at their ceiling in stage games or something like that. Like, we don't know. Maybe Mad Lions are just getting dumpstered in scrims all year and just, like, we're studs on stage somehow. We don't know that. But, yeah. All this stuff's, like, really, really interesting. Uh, It's, like, we got totally bogged down. Huge digression, but I think that was a good conversation. where we leave off? Astralis! So, Origin rebranding to Astralis. For those that don't know, Origin was owned... Like the the parent company was Astralis, which is a pretty famous esports organization, most most famously from Counter Strike.
2: Yeah, probably the best Counter Strike team of the last like three years. Yeah,
0: um, I wouldn't say like historic org, but like modern historic, I guess, like past yeah like, five that's a 10 good years.
2: description. Modern historic, yeah,
0: modern day, like modern era, I guess. Like yeah, Global Offensive, right? Like maybe the best Global Offensive team.
2: One yeah, of probably them of all right time. Up there. one of them of
0: all time, I guess. Right. Yeah. Um, they were the parent org they just didn't re, like rebrand the whole thing they were like origin was like over like they were underneath that umbrella and now they're just totally rebranded like renaming to it so they're taking a strange approach that i know some people have taken objections with but it's like kind of a blend of the the veterans and you know rookie uh concept which historically has worked out pretty well so we're going to have white knight who we've seen a little bit of before uh, Zanzara same thing we've seen a little bit of nuke Duck is back really really bad last season. a lot of people are criticizing them keeping him of all people because he's the only returning member on this roster Jesk- uh, Jeskla and promiscue uh, so uh, all these oh, okay. all these young slash rookie players are players we've seen before but they are younger we've seen some good from most of them. This is they're I, an interesting team, right?
2: They're they're interesting, but I I really don't like this roster for a few different reasons. I don't like it because I think that there are a couple guys on here that have the potential to be really really good players, and I think this roster is not going to do them any favors. Like I actually think Promiscue is quite good. Promiscue um, is very good. I agree with you. Uh, I think Zanzara is very very good, and the EU Masters Zanzara was a, like a sneaky one of the best players around, um, and so I. I I don't like the rest of the roster. I don't think White Knight was a uh, was somebody that I was impressed with at all when he when he played in Year Masters. And I'm like not excited to have him. Who did he play? Uh, Nuke Duck. I mean, it's hard to tell with was Nuke Duck. He on Duck. SK? I mean, He uh, played he in the was, LAC before. He was on shit. H2K
0: maybe. It was like one of those teams when he
2: was on here before. Yeah. Let me see because it'll annoy me if, if we don't look it up. I can't. Because remember I remember he, he was, was like I a solo Q superstar. QOL. Yeah, maybe. he was
1: on UOL. Yeah, but let me just double check.
0: That's who it was. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was,
1: yes, UOL. He played on UOL a few years yeah. ago. and then UOL. Masters. He played a lot in Masters.
2: Um, I'm not a fan of him. Nuke Duck. You never know, but if his trajectory continues, you know you're not excited about that. Yeah. And Jessica, I wasn't really excited about any EU Masters either, so it's kind of weird. And like, I think they have a rookie that I really am excited about, and then the rest of the team I'm not that excited about. Even Promise Hughes, like. I'm happy that he got a spot, but I'm not ex- that excited about him. Zenzara I'm really excited about.
0: There's a there's, there's a lot of per, like pros and coaches and analysts that that think Promise Q was like legitimately good enough to be like a top
2: five support. He just, I think he's, I think he's pretty good. Yeah, I, I mean, this we'll isn't see. The worst, this isn't the worst strategy if the GM is thinking. I think a lot of times the whether the roster is good depends on why the GM put the roster together. Yeah, I'm with you. If their GM was thinking, like. I think Zanzara is for the future, like one of the best and I think Promescu could potentially be one of the best. Let's get him some veteran presence to get a little bit better and then maybe next year we'll look at competing with a new roster. I can see this being an all-right roster. I'm not excited about their chances of doing anything in the LEC, but if that's what they were thinking, I don't think it's that bad. Yeah.
0: That's kind of like the that's like the whole thing like over the over the whole LEC, right? Is like if it feels anticlimactic, like if if no one's going to beat G2, or, I mean, I'll throw Fnatic and, and Rogue, we're going to get to in a little bit, into that conversation. If no one's going to beat those three teams, then if, if it I don't want to say, like, lost calls, but it's hard to get excited, right? So, yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of like this. I like lineups like this, where it's like a blend. And, I, I like the
2: four and one. I like what Vitality yeah. did last year. I like Cabochard and four rookies. Yeah, And then, if all the rookies are good, then you have a great team because you already have Gabochard. And if not, then he's a veteran presence to you know teach yeah. everybody and make
0: everybody See, This this to me is is kind of it's like almost like a Korean model, right? Where you have like the like one or two veterans, you have like one guy that's getting a second chance, right? Like White Knight getting a second chance here. Promise Q to like some extent too, um, and I guess Jessica, too, but he's he's actually played a fair amount. And then you have like the 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 star potentially star rookie, right? So I kind of like the balance of, like, all those different angles. I don't know. Th- this is pure gut handicapping here. I-, I think this team's, like, sneaky good. I don't know if they're, they're not going to win the LEC. I'm not saying that, but I think this could be a playoff team. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, let's see. G2. Mm-hmm. Add Reckless. Perksleeves. rest of the this team worse. is the same. How what's the uh line on G two to win the LEC futures? Minus three hundred?
2: Yeah, somewhere somewhere pretty close. I mean you have to take into account that stuff might just not work at all somehow or there might be some personal issues or something. So maybe like minus one I, I want G two
0: I want G two to be absurd favorites to win this season. I want them to be like minus four hundred and I want to take all these other teams. I want a little taste of all these other teams. Especially in the spring so I mean I mean what else is there to say like I guess I guess really what's the I guess well we should play like group devil's advocate here what's the argument against G2 I kind of touched on this a little bit, but like maybe one or two of them fall off like it's mostly
1: uh I think uh getting Mickey X and Reckless on the same page that's you yeah. see maybe a few stumbles here and there but hey it's caps and reckless again it's fun.
0: Uh, I mean, the meta was not particularly great for them this year. It took them a while, but eventually they did figure it out and looked pretty good in it. But, I mean, they I don't think they looked good enough to win Worlds at the meta. They just, I mean, obviously they were top four, so they're in that conversation, which to me is amazing because this is not the kind of game that, like, season, like, 2020 was not a good, besides all the off field stuff, was not a good, like, League of Legends as a game, like, the way it was designed and implemented was not good for what G2 are good at. And they still top forward worlds. So that's kind of like a weird, that's like a pro G2 and an anti G2 argument at the same time. Right? Like if it stays roughly similar, then I don't think that necessarily means it's a, it's a good thing for them. But if they get better at it also, then maybe it is right. So, yeah, like what's the argument against you two? Like two of the players just fall off a cliff?
3: I think it's uh what the I think I, I, I don't watch Studios Go that much, but the concepts like IGL or something like that, the in game leader. Yeah. Right. Uh, my understanding is like Perks is a pretty loud voice, regardless of where he's playing on the rift. And also that Reckless is a fairly quiet. Uh, like, kind of more keep-to-himself player, and we know from the past that Mickey X is also very quiet. I mean, they said, they came out and kind of alluded to the fact that that's why they thought that Caps bot lane didn't work too well, is because Caps is more passive um than Perks in terms of comms, and Mickey X has never been a very vocal leader. Um And then Bwipo was on some show talking about how, you know, Reckless doesn't always, you know, demand resources, right? Like, he speaks up, you know, when he thinks he should, but he, he's not always going to be the most vocal guy, so... I think that could be – I mean, it's just one of those, like, kind of hidden things, right? Like, you're losing the backbone of the organization and arguably the loudest voice on the team. Like, it definitely could have some sort of issues in terms of just communication, which is, you know, a very, very big aspect in the game.
0: What's – what like, what is G2's biggest strength to you? Like, John, well, what's G2's biggest strength to you?
2: Um. Well, I, I'll, let me digress it into answering the last question because it, they both go together, I think. The thing that could go wrong for G2 this split is IG syndrome. When Invictus Gaming had to change even a little bit of personnel, they suddenly fell apart because it was so important that the whole team wanted to play the same way and was so good at playing the same way one that even just one, yeah, even just one person not playing the way that they wanted like that the rest of the team was playing made everything fall apart. Suddenly the fight over the Scuttle Crab that they would always win, they were losing that fight cuz the person was 2 seconds later than they were supposed to be. That for me is the argument for what G two like could could look bad this season is if Reckless is not on the same page that Caps and Perks were as far as the timing, G 2s strengths are the same thing that IG's strengths were when they won Worlds. And we could see that same thing happen, which is what I think their strength is. It's the synergy, the teamwork, the timing, making sure that everything is, you know, playing around the map together. So that's where I think it could go wrong and I think it's what their best strength
0: is. One word. Chemistry. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes the power of friendship, friendship, right, right, Josh? Like, to me, that's the only way this, like, bar, I mean, even if one of them, like, collapses, I still think they're going to be good enough to potentially win the split. Barring, like, multiple players just fall off big time, like, big, big time. I think the only thing that takes this team down is, like, is just, like, chemistry. And I I think that'll potentially be solved with time, but you never know. Like, sometimes it just doesn't gel. Like, we saw FPX, right? That was FPX's strength, too. FPX had, like, a weird way to play and chemistry. They were just they were sharp. Like, they were just on it. They were good at what they did, right? G2, like, to me, that defines G2 more than any player. Is this team is, they're just weird. They're a weird team. They always had, they're maybe the weirdest team we've ever seen. Like weirdest successful team, I'll say. We've seen some weird teams before, but for how much success they've had, they're maybe the strangest team we've ever seen. And yeah, I would say that's true. Yeah, like you can't. We talked about how like they just drag you into their games. Like you are playing a G two game, and that was, what was so ridiculous about Damwon is that Damwon in three of those games just didn't play a G two game. Like they were like one of the only teams I've ever, ever seen dictate the pace to g2 and you like that's like almost an intangible right like you really like it's like not really i don't want to say it's unteachable maybe grabs has some wizardry up his sleeve i don't know but like it feels like that's just an intangible that they have and if you disrupt that like even role swapping it didn't feel like it was it, it was that disruptive to who they were right Like, you could argue, oh, yeah, sure, like, Perks wasn't a great 80 carry. He wasn't as good as, you know, certain other 80 carries in the league individually, but, like, it didn't disrupt the chemistry. Yeah, like, it didn't disrupt the chemistry that much, right? So, yeah, to me, that's, like, the number one threat to them. Like, and if you think about it, like, Reckless is not very on brand to, like, that style, but we also just saw him go ballistic at Worlds. He's played with (laughs) Hillsang before so a lot mind you so i mean maybe that's maybe he'll fit right in but my yeah that would be my concern is like old dog new tricks situation and like that's yeah. it but even still like they, they should be really really good i hope yeah, the they're only like thing- minus 500 to win this split i really do i i, I just i just want to hammer everyone else just because the value is going to be sweet
1: yeah, the one thing I just brought to mind was, like, G2 hasn't had a real ADC for, like, what, two years? Three years? Since Han Sama? Yeah. And Reckless just has a different champion pool than what they've had these past two years. Um, he's more traditional, in a sense, right? His ADC pool. I mean, he's played but- some weird stuff, so maybe... Maybe that'll. He has, right in. I mean, the Soraka. Okay, now he can pull off the Soraka.
0: Cannon. He wow. plays the cannon. <laughs> uh, yeah, the Soraka. Oh, he can bring
1: back a silver too.
0: <laughs> so yeah, I mean, maybe that's a. Maybe we're missing that part of it. But I mean, on paper, I mean, this team just looks insane. So I don't. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to me, like that's the only reason again Like that's the only argument against you too. Um, let's keep this moving because we got bogged down a little there. SK Gaming, taking a sort of rebuild approach, mostly young. I like some of the players on this team. So we have Genax, Tinks, Blue, Jezu, and Treats. Treats going back to Europe. So Genax, the only returning member here. I know Tinks was super – you guys were a big fan of him from EU Masters. Uh, I liked what I saw from EU Masters as well. He was
2: maybe one of the best players in that tournament last year. Uh, yeah, I think he was probably the best EU Masters player, or at least in the top two or three. This is a I like this version of this rebuild more than I like the Astralis version of this rebuild. Because Gen X is like, I think a really exciting player versus keeping somebody like Nuke Duck. Instead they keep somebody like Gen X, who I think is also still young and up and coming, but is very exciting. Um, yeah. I'm not sure that I think that Blue and Jezu are really that good or even treats. But Gen X and Tinks, I think, is a really good restart there. I think uh, these the team's not going to compete to win anything, I don't think. But I think this is like a decent rebuild spot here. I think you're a
0: lot higher on Gen X than I am. I think he's okay, but...
2: I was really high on Gen X. Actually, I think, honestly, I, I put Gen X not very far away from Alfari, which might offend a ton of people, but I, I didn't think Alfari was that good. I thought Gen X was very good. I'm not on the same page as you at all there. That's probably the hottest take we've had on the
0: show so far. (laughs) There you go, Kev. These are your hot takes. Break that one down. Okay. I mean, I thought. I guess I'll say this: like, considering he just transitioned to that lane and performed as well as he did, is promising for sure. So, I mean, there's that. I think that. I mean, that's working in favor of him. I don't think he was bad by any stretch. I just don't think he was. Yeah, I'm definitely not as high as you on him, but. I guess we'll see. Uh, yeah, this is interesting. I'm excited to see what Tinks can do because he's he was a. Josh
2: got woken up by that take. Like he's looking a little sleepy a minute ago. Now his eyes are wide open. He's wide awake, but he hasn't said anything. Is, are you speechless, Josh? Are you.
3: I like. Uh, I mean, this team has no talent. Are you going to ta- Tinks? <laughs> they had one talented member, and he's gone. And this team will now be tenth for sure. So, that is my oh,
0: take. Oh, I see. I see. We didn't I – mean, we'll touch on that, I guess. Do you want to just address, just yeah. address In this, the garbage
3: Josh. league, that is just absolutely worthless. And I hope that they literally lose every game 40 kills to zero. Where's your Listen, way.
2: Josh, this is a League of Legends podcast. We're not talking about the New Orleans Saints, okay? We're talking Ooh. about League of Legends around here.
0: Oh, maybe that's where he's going. Is he starting, New a, New is he starting an American football career? Yeah. <laughs> Is he going to be the new punter for the New Orleans Saints?
2: They already have a punter. His name is Drew Brees. Punts Ooh. everything he sees.
0: Dude, the river. Oh, my God. I've got Saints futures. Just keep bashing them, John,
3: please. <laughs> please. This, wait, so what happened to Zazie? I, I feel like I haven't. I don't
0: know. Um, he might. I mean, he wasn't great,
3: a but. I thought he was fine. Yeah, yeah
2: he's acceptable. I, I could have
3: resigned. I don't know him who I don't know who this blue guy is, but that seems weird. Didn't they bring Zazi in for just blue, one... just summer?
0: I know blue from something. He was he was he masters as well. Am I just like forgetting? I thought he played in like Turkey or something. Looking this up live on the air. Yeah, he did. He was he was TCL. Yep. Yeah, he was TCL. That's what I thought. I like. Yeah, Fenerbahce. That's what I thought. Okay, I was gonna say I knew I'd like watched him a little bit last year, but yeah, I mean,
3: I yeah, just kind of to... there because Ozzy was only there for summer. They had because uh, they had um, the bald dude Sakurai, back in spring at, when Janax was still playing mid.
0: Thinking about it. So, like Ozzy was actually
2: good.
3: I thought he was pretty solid. It's
0: not
2: caps, but like... And he was still like a... Yeah, like if I'm rebuilding, why not keep Sazi? Like he seemed like he had potential for the future and stuff. I'm a little bit surprised they replaced him, but...
0: Maybe maybe it's just this... Maybe him and Tinks didn't gel or something and they knew they wanted to go with him. That's another one of those behind-the-scenes things. It's just a little strange, that's all. Um, Yeah, I'm not a fan of this lineup, honestly. I like Tinks a lot, but... I'm this is just a rebuild lineup. Yeah. Like,
2: I think next year in spring, you could see this team be good once they make some more personnel changes and they figure out what yeah. they're doing. But I don't like them at all this year, even though I really like their mid top or their jungle top duo.
0: Shalka 04. We have Gilius, Abadaga, Neon, Limit, and I forgot to write it down, but Broken Blade is the top laner there. So thank you, Josh. Um, this is a. <laughs> should be pretty good. But it kind of feels like a highly variant team, right? A little bit. Like this could this could be very good or very bad.
1: Who's they the have bad? Dylan Falco. Was was Dylan Falco their last coach too? Uh,
0: yeah, I think so. Okay.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. That's... that. Yeah, that might be the only thing that like this team was having momentum going forward. You know, yeah. having a good.
0: I... <laughs> It's just Gilius, dude. Like, it's, like we've seen enough of this dude's career, right? We know the feast or famine situation, right? Like, remind me to circle back to that, Josh. Like, once we're done with Shaka here, is Broken Blade official? Because he's not in the database yet. It
3: was it was a, a wolf bomb or whatever, like on the free agency show. I, I think okay. a lot of. Announced and confirmed by multiple sources, but like pending Riot Games approval, and they haven't done
1: everything. Right? Got it, got it, got it. Uh, I it mean, should
3: be I mean, and Gili- Limit
0: are really, really good. Chris, what you're saying? Sorry. I mean
1: No, I'm sorry. I'm just saying, like uh, Gilius also, uh, also uh, like welcomed Broken Blade, so I thought that was the official.
0: Okay, yeah, that'll. Um, does this team like feel like it lives or dies by like by Gilius? Because that's what it feels like to me. Like if we get like old like a career standard Gilius, this team could be very
2: good or very bad. Let me uh, let me pop in here and apologize to people who got on the hype train last season. But this team is going to be garbage. This team is going to be terrible, dude. This there the the miracle run is over, my friends. Schalk is going to come back and be way way worse than last season, in my opinion. I, I, I really
0: it, it, like it, 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 Abadaga it, 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 and Limit specifically, but that's.
2: Abadage, so my thing with him is like we were we were pretty happy with him, like excited about him the the beginning of his time. And then he was not very good for a while, he was bad and then for like six months run. last year. And then when the miracle run started, all of a sudden he was like really good again and like the whole team was really good. And I but I just feel like now that the miracle run is over, people are more likely to revert back to how they were playing before the miracle run started and I didn't think he was playing that well before the miracle run started. Yeah. He's
0: kind of so. weird because like I I don't think he's as bad as he was, like, for the mo- like the majority of last year, but I also don't think he's quite as good as he was in his rookie year. But I think, like, if he can find, like, 75% of his rookie year, like, if he can be, like, somewhere in the middle, I think he's good. Like, he's a very talented player, and he's still pretty young. He's,
2: he's definitely not anyone on this team that I'm, like, most worried about. Yeah. I, like, think, I, think, I, think, I think him
0: and Limit, I think, are the best players on this team, right?
2: Yeah. I think, in general, I think this is like a bottom three team. I think we're going to see a big fall off from Schalke. If I can bet against them, I will probably. Yeah, probably the same. Um,
0: Josh brought it up that I forgot to mention during the Mad Lions section that Peter Dunn left for... He, with, he came to NA, right? FlyQuest?
1: Evil... Oh, FlyQuest or Evil Peter Dunn went to... Evil
0: geniuses. PG, that's right. I knew he came to NA. So, yeah, that's worth noting as well because I think that was a big part of why they were successful. So, um, that, I mean, we don't, there's so many question marks with that team now that we got to wait and see, I guess. Next up, we have Misfits. Ooh, we're getting pretty far into this so one. Keep this moving. Uh, Misfits have the most questions of any of the U teams. Right now, it looks like Razork, Denik, and Kabe, but they haven't announced anything else. So,. I don't know. I don't really have any thoughts on Misfits yet. Bueller? Anybody?
1: <sighs> Can't be a downgrade if you remove Fabivan from the low <laughs> equation, right, John?
0: Damn! Shots fired, man. Look at my boy <laughs> like that. I'm not a Fabivan fan. Disclaimer. But, um, I will say this about Fabivan. I'll say one thing. He did have a way of overexceeding our low expectations for him. He did a lot last year. Like he was he kept every time I felt like every time we shit talked him he'd have like a good weekend. Right. Anyway. Um vitality. Cabochard. Uh NG and Skeens. We don't know what the situation is gonna be there. Um that was a weird situation during the year too. <laughs> um Cobb and Lebrov. So
3: it's uh running it back it's- no, just quick. It, Cabo got replaced by Sagenda. C- oh, that's C- right.
0: That's right. That's right. That's right. Okay. Cool. 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 See.
3: I don't know where he
1: ends up, but uh, uh yeah. Wait. So, wow. So Cabo is teamless right now. He got. I believe so. Summer, didn't he? Oh, he seems he needs to be on a team.
0: See, this is why we have four of us here. Uh, running it mostly back. Vitality started looking pretty good by the end of the season. Uh, once Malice actually got there and got to play with, it almost makes me upset to see like, cause this team could have, if they had a full season of actually playing together without the COVID BS that happened and like Melisa and not being able to play with them for, you know, basically he was locked down and couldn't get there to play with them. Right. Um, they were. I mean they weren't like league winning good but they were look they were a promising roster to me like the second half of summer I thought they looked pretty good So maybe yeah, another year I, better. I,
2: I kind of like the Vitality roster I didn't think they were great but you know like Josh was talking about with rebuilds and committing to a rebuild you know if you're going to if you're going to do a rebuild like this and you don't necessarily just want to kick the guys out immediately when they don't have a good split first time around so you know, give them another offseason to train up together and work with the coaching staff and all that kind of stuff and see if they just come out. I didn't think anyone on the team was terrible. Yeah, I thought I mean, everyone on the team was, like, at least passable or solid. So, yeah, why not run it back and probably not spend a lot of money, see if your team improves a decent amount. I dig it. Gets to live in the sweet Vitality Mansion. Ugh.
3: Yeah, this is this is one where, like, like John, like, this one, I'm I'm on board with this one because they're actually committing to it in my eyes. Like, they're actually investing in these guys. So that's 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 what I like to see if you're going to take this route. Yeah, this
0: almost like this is going to be four sophomores, right? And like historically yeah. in League of Legends, certain positions have a sophomore slump, jungle. Other positions usually don't. We've seen like Abadag is a bad example. Uh, Abadaga was the opposite. He was good as a rookie and then had a terrible sophomore season. Most of the time in League of Legends, players are much better in their sophomore year. Unless they're, like, just a star and come back down to earth a little bit in their second year. So, I mean, if you think about, yeah, like, keeping this and you if you have, like, a progression from all of them, this team's going to be pretty good. They're probably going to be a playoff team. So, I'm, I'm intrigued by Vitality. I think they're, they're, they're going to be a buy low target, I think, for sure, at least for a little while. Uh, Rogue. I love this Rogue lineup. Uh, still, some questions, but I, I, I like this rogue lineup. I like that they kept what was working intact for them. So, uh, we've got. Uh, they picked up Odo Omne to replace Finn, who I think was the biggest liability on this team by a mile. Uh, and they kept Inspired Larson and Hansama, and they're getting Trimby from a Go Rogue in EU Masters.
2: Interesting like the Odawanme signing makes tons of sense. You bring in a good solid veteran to replace your weakest position. Makes tons of sense. Mm-hmm. I think replacing support makes some sense. I didn't think like I thought they could they could use an improvement at support. I'm a little interested in why they went with Trimby. Like I don't think Trimby was bad, don't get me wrong. I think he's pretty good. Uh, I'm excited to have him if you're if you're a rogue guy, but I thought there were a couple better options. Honestly, if you're going to if you're going to dip into the regional leagues, I I did think there was a couple other people. I thought uh, Rux, Mystiques uh, were both guys that I thought were were really, really good that maybe I would have gone after instead, but still pretty exciting. Like, I I think it's still an upgrade, and Trimby's good. Um, So I'm I'm definitely not unhappy with it. I think it's a step forward for Rogue.
0: I feel like it's worth mentioning that, like, this is one of the few moves that stayed within the organization, too. So... It maybe an
2: odd. I guess there. it makes more sense. It, more, it makes I, for some reason I didn't even connect that that it's a yeah. go rogue and a rogue that made this transition. Well, so, I, had yeah, to, it, I had to double check
0: because I was like, sense. I know sometimes these 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 E Masters teams aren't necessarily affiliated, but in this case they are. It is. Yeah, U- I knew
2: these two were. I just wasn't even thinking about it that they were that it was basically their academy team. So that makes sense because Trimby was good and he's already in your system. So yeah, why not bring him up? Yeah, yeah, that makes more sense. You're right.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm just. I mean, you guys have watched more. I've watched a little bit, but you guys have watched a lot more film on him than I have, at least, like, in, like, live games anyway. Like, he's pretty good. Yeah, he's good. He's yeah. good. You're, you're, you're getting
2: an upgraded support here, for sure.
0: So, I mean, is Rogue second or third, probably?
2: <laughs> yeah. I think, like Josh called out, I think this is kind of three teams that are going to compete, and everybody else is mostly rebuilding. Yeah. So, And I think Rogue and Fnatic and G2 are your three teams that are really going to compete.
0: That's how it feels to me too. Um, I'm going to be having some shares of Rogan Fanatic to win the LCS. If CD. I can
2: get absurd odds, if I can get like really absurd odds on Vitality, I might bet Vitality yeah, just in that. case that they just come back like huge here. But yeah, Growing I think it's really. Yeah, <laughs> somehow they just pull it off. You know, if I get like 125 to one on them or something, I'll take yeah. I'll take some Vitality.
0: Chris, Josh, what do you think of this lineup?
1: I'm a bigger fan of Finn, I guess. But uh Odomame is not that uh, big of a... Like, it, it's going to be a, a bit stylistic. So now they're going to funnel everything to either Larson or Inspired. I think Inspired yeah. would be a better yeah. uh, carry than Hanson. I mean, they were kind
0: of doing that already. Like, right. like, like Larson but was when was they had
1: Finn that sometimes... Race. I mean, that was the issue they had coming in spring, right? They don't know who to funnel the resources to. Everyone wanted to carry, and that yeah. was... By removing Finn, that might just make it easier to focus on, like, okay, you take care of Top, just, but with the the real carry is Larson, and we'll highlight Larson, and maybe Han Solo will jump in, but I, I prefer Inspired and Larson to be the better combo for this yeah. uh, road to succeed, but I, yeah. I mean, maybe
0: they get figured out a little bit, but to, to me, like... Ro- <laughs> Rogue were so weird, like, they were, like, very much, like, to me, like, they were FPX. Not, like, that they looked like FPX, but, like, you knew what they were going to do, and they're just really good at it. And, like, you knew what they were going to do. They did the same exact thing every single game, and they did not get, like, they were figured out. People did the things that they were supposed to do to counteract it, and they just couldn't outplay it. So, like, maybe there's some degree of they get solved, or people get better at playing against what they were doing, but... To me, this looks like they just shored up their weaknesses and they don't have a liability on this team now unless Trimby is just, you know, doesn't convert to the stage well or something like that.
3: Uh, I Yeah, I mean, I think it's weird that they got rid of Vander. That's the only thing. Like, yeah. again, I don't know. It's just one of those moves that I don't think makes sense. Like It's weird. Uh, sure, like maybe you can say there's a money angle. I know Vince, was saying we don't know everything that's going on, but, like, come on, man. Like, this. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how you how you get rid of him after the split he put together. Like it's just, uh, I don't know. It's kind of wild.
0: Ooh. Who did Misfits head?
3: Uh, yeah, I just found the tweet. breaking
0: news. Check a bam.
3: <laughs> no, it's it was again like I know you you're, you're uh, <clears throat> you probably consider these still rumors just, but because uh, it's like not you know tweeted by the teams or anywhere yeah. official. But uh, Bloop mm-hmm. did report that. And this reminded me that v- Misfits got Aggressivo, and I think he was the EU Master Guy, Razork, Vatheo, and Vander. So they, they took Vander from
0: Rogue. Uh, Sendeo, send, uh, the mid laner?
3: Uh okay, I Yeah,
2: Vatheo
0: also. LDLC.
2: Got it. Yep. Yeah. is very good. That'll be. He's a oh, good Okay, got it, got it, got it, got
3: it. So that's an, I think that's a roster, John, uh, that I'm pretty interested in, actually, now that I see it in full. As well,
0: right? Yeah, I thought Razork and Denik were pretty good. I thought Razork yeah, specifically was right, Sebo, like. a good player too. Yeah, they have an
1: interesting Se- little,
2: little roster there. I
1: I like Agresivo. I'm not as big of a fan as Vithael just from the DFS angle. That guy gives me no points. <laughs>
0: None. Okay, so Misfits kind of an intriguing lineup too. Now I guess because yeah, another
2: nice little rebuild lineup with some like good some good players. Like, yeah, yeah I, I'm all right with that line- that lineup.
0: Maybe we see like vitality and and misfits and who were who else do we like
2: as like the pseudo rebuild? Yeah, those are probably my AI. favorite rebuilding lineups. I think
0: interesting. Um, so yeah, like on the surface, it, it I agree with you guys. It looks like you have like G two in a tier and like Fnatic and Rogue in a tier, and then it's just going to depend on how close they get to G two. Or if G two falls down to them, like their level, and then yeah. everybody else to me, uh, I kind of like that misfits lineup a little bit. Like this is just like first take, right? Uh, I kind of like that misfits lineup, and I I'm, I'm with you. I like Vitality quite a bit. Uh, yeah, so yeah, okay. That's Europe.
2: <laughs> Any other thoughts in Europe? A lot of. Oh, there's one more very important note down there. In oh, yeah, arm. I put
0: the very important note, and like there's an addendum to the important note as well for Josh specifically. I don't know if you want to go into this or if it just bums you out too much. Yeah. Do
3: you want to talk? Uh, you just
0: want to get it out now?
3: I mean, I, I've kind of been hitting on it, but like, just this region is just a little bit too concerned with rebuilding, in my opinion, and you're seeing really good players getting left off of teams, obviously the most. Uh, blatant one is crown shot in my opinion but it would have been the same story if Upside got left off the team which is what would have happened if crown shot had gotten the one instead of, um, uh, from our understanding as well like it's good I was gonna say from our understanding
0: uh, source is close to the situation I guess <laughs> uh, these guys were trying to leverage their position as good players to get paid or to be on a good team uh, that was kind of I mean, there's the story that's going on you know, with a couple of different players in different regions as well. So I'll say this without going into any detail or, or incriminating anyone or, or you know setting anyone up for anything. Don't assume that it is all on the organization's failures to not pick up these players. We can criticize yeah. them all they want, but if the players are being picky or the players are asking for just an absurd amount of money the teams don't want to give it up and the teams don't want to play for a weaker team. That's no one's fault to me. Mm-hmm. That's not the player. Yeah. Fault. I mean, the team's fault.
3: Yeah. And if you look at crown shots, Twitter, he even says on it, he said, you know, he got offered by SK gaming early on in the process and he just wanted to keep his options open. And then it ended up that he just got passed over. So again, like, you know, that's just part of the business. I suppose it's just really mind boggling how that can happen to a player that was at least to me so clearly dominant and, and, Pretty much the only reason that team competed, in my opinion, last year. I mean, we. Saw- you're right,
2: that- Go ahead, John. I was going to say you're right that it's it's very interesting the dynamic that it puts on guys who are like top three players at their position, but that are not already attached to top three organizations. If like everyone is rebuilding, and the top three organizations aren't trying to move off of their players, then you're kind of stuck where no one wants to pay for a better player. When they when they're in a full rebuild and they're not worried about it, like. But for me, it seems like if I'm one of these rebuilding teams, I would 100% snap up Crown Shot because yeah. he, it's not like he's like old and over the hill. Like the guy's still pretty young and he's very good. Why not make him a piece of your rebuild with Gen X and Tinks or whatever? I agree. Like it, it makes too much sense to pick up a guy like him, um, even if he's the most expensive piece of your roster and you're putting him with like four rookies, then that's fine. Like. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a little weird to me that that teams like that weren't excited about trying to pick him up. I would have been super excited if I was one of these teams to try to pick him up. Yeah, if so. anything,
0: I'd want to sweeten the pot for him, right? Like, I mean, obviously, like, if you're a bad team or a bad organization, or a, a... I won't call them bad because none of these teams are bad. They obviously are franchised in the LEC. Like, you got to meet a certain standard to be that good. In esports, that's not easy, so... um, But, like, if you're... I don't know. Like, if you're, uh, like, if you're misfits, and you're trying to lure a stud free agent in, like, you're gonna have to sweeten the pot a little more than like Fnatic or G two is going to, you
3: know, like. Well, that's that's what's that's what I don't get about it. Like, and it's not like if you're rebuilding, it's one thing, but like you have Kabe and upset, and it's like, how? Like, these dudes had had clearly better teams and didn't have as much success and yet are still somehow the ones that get employed. Like, that's just – that's that's what hurts my brain about the whole situation. And it's, like, the same thing people have said about NA forever is that they just sign, you know, they keep signing Smithian Impact instead of giving these other, you know, the, the fudges of the world a chance, you know, until this year. But, like, it's, like, how – you know, if it was at least consistent, but it's, like, man, I don't really see where in your brain you've convinced yourself that that's the – I know, wonder if
0: those guys are just, like – play in the game and they are be like oh yeah well i'll go 10 percent under market value or <laughs> like
2: like i agree i agree with josh i think there's if i'm a team in the in EU that was going to pick up an ad carry this season this off offseason records <laughs> and crown shot are yeah. like eye and eye for me as far as like people i would want to pick up so i don't know how like some of these other guys continued without crown shot getting a look but I mean, some of them are staying with their orgs, like Kabe's staying where he was. So that's you know a guy staying where he is. It's yeah, but really if people support. went outside, like Fnatic going outside to pick up upset makes no sense to me versus Crownshot. Shot. But yeah, you know, I think, I think he's
0: much the much only other one in that conversation because I think upset's very good. I know you're you're less high on him, but I think upset's I, like I think upset's the only person like remotely
2: close. I think what Josh said is completely true. Like he had a more talented team last season and did way less yeah. than Crownshot Shot comparatively.
0: It's just interesting because I mean we, I mean I guess we could draw some comparisons. Like we had, I mean I'm not calling him Jackie Love, but like it's sort of similar to that situation. Now, obviously there was some drama with that situation. He had like a family member as an agent, and like there was some BS with that. But I mean Jackie Love kind of set that precedent, right? Like you can hold out, and a team will pick yeah, you was. up in the in for summer, summer or later in the spring if it comes down to it. Right? Gives That's him all the leverage.
2: Asking. We saw what happened with with forgiven last season, which we still have to mention. But yeah. we saw what happened with him last season. That team needed an eighty carry like three weeks into the season. You know, maybe then now that you've held out, maybe you can get a bigger paycheck. Saying, "Hey, man, yeah. I'm still out here." You know. Yeah, I mean, it's, talk- I mean, it's certainly
0: risky, right? Like, I mean, I, I say risky, but like to him, he might not be thinking that way. Like, I don't know, I I can't get inside his head, but like, that's kind of a weird like game within the game, right? Like, if you're the player you think you have the leverage and you need to do everything in your power to get the leverage in, in a negotiation, right? We see this in professional sports all the time. Like d- the whole Dak Prescott thing, that's like a great example of this whole thing, right? Like that's why players hold out because something can just happen out of the blue and just like that, right? That's why these guys do that, right? So on that angle, I totally understand. And if he's if he's having high standards, he only wants to go to a premium team, that makes total sense to me. I'm not faulting him for that at all. Uh, I actually think that's a good idea. Like, I think if more players started doing that, maybe we'd see higher. you know, it could be a good thing is what I'm saying.
3: That just said, to, just good. Just to touch on that. Like, I think that's like a misconception of the situation because he pretty much said on Twitter that like, if SK would have made him the same offer a month later, he probably would be with SK he just like they offered it to him like when world's just ended like it was uh like at the beginning of what october the, fr- so, yeah,
0: the beginning of like the window more or less like yeah it's like, okay, so it's like
2: yeah
3: there's so much uncertainty at that time in terms of like w- even what sk was going to do that like there's no reason for him to make make that choice
0: um, and honestly and that'd be a that stupid happened. decision to make right that's uninformed
3: yeah exactly so then it just so happened that you know with covid it made it harder to do tryouts and then with the only teams that were really looking being the top teams, you know, you just kind of you get an unlucky draw there sometimes. Yeah. So
0: he did. It feels like he did kind of fall through the cracks a little bit. Like, I don't think this was necessarily anyone's fault. Like, I don't think he did anything wrong and I don't really think the teams have done anything wrong, but that's hard to tell without knowing like his requests and his standards, yeah. you know, like that. That's the hard part about all this. Like, is that there's a lot of unknowns, like maybe the NA teams were throwing money at him and he was just like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Like we don't know. Like he can say stuff, but we don't actually know what's going through his head, right? So yeah, I
1: think I
3: think that's the whole unknown too. Is like you know you never know if they had an outstanding offer from a team that, and then they just found someone last second and changed their plan. Yeah, you know you never know especially because I know with like, um, na like that whole like OCE import rule could have completely changed their entire approach to free agency at mm-hmm. the last pretty much last minute. So you really don't know.
0: Yeah, I think I think this whole situation and like Jackie to. A, not the same idea, but, like, the same extent in terms of, like, quality player, like, with within a region. It's just a reminder that there's so much that we don't know. And you shouldn't assume that you know, like, what, like, the motivations of the teams are, what the motivations of the players are. Unless it's, like, honestly, even when they state it, you don't know if that's just them fronting. You know, like, a lot of this stuff is window dressing. So, you see this in professional sports, too. You see this in, like, just employment in general. You don't want to have a bad image when you're going to get a job somewhere, right? Like, so, if he, yeah, it, it, there's. it's just a good reminder that there's a business side of this, too. And that I think a lot of people in esports, this is foreign to them. Because, I mean, I'll just come out and say it. A lot of people that are into esports aren't as into traditional sports as, like, you know, maybe us, like we are, right? You know, different sports, obviously, but, like... I've been following professional sports for three decades, like since I was a kid, like the finer details of it, like this contract and this and salary caps and all this stuff. Like there's a lot going on there that isn't what you see publicly or what you hear publicly or what an opinion is publicly. Right. So I think that's new to a lot of people and there tends to be this overreaction, Be like, Oh, how wasn't this guy picked up? Well, If he's asking for just an obscene amount of money, then, okay, it makes sense that he wasn't picked up because the only teams that are courting people are teams that aren't going to throw that kind of money at anybody, right? So there's a lot of those kind of situations. That's just one example. There's a whole lot of situations like that that we we don't know, right? I mean, even tonight, we went through a whole bunch of lineup things. We haven't gotten to the LCS yet where there's a whole lot of situations where it's like this is kind of weird. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Like the Hamwa thing, we don't know. So just humble yourself a little bit. Uh, important note. Forgiving. Yeah, this is one of the most
2: important. Notes. Yeah, this is
0: one of the, this is one of the key the key things. Forgivens a free agent. I'll leave it
2: at that. The only real question is like, is he going to RNG or is he, is he going to T1? Are they ready to replace Teddy? TSM to replace Doublelift. Yeah, TSM. I mean, that's the only real question: is where is he going? <laughs> We know he's going to be on a, on a top team this this upcoming spring, but you know who is it going to be?
0: How far we've come. I'm glad we discussed him last time. Because <laughs> what a weird – that was wild. A lot can happen in a year, folks. Just don't forget that. <laughs> in esports, anyway. LCS. Hour and 40 minutes into the podcast. Let's get to the LCS. Oof. I guess – all right. I'll try to sum the TSM situation up as as succinctly as I can here. So, the TSM situation is clouded in a lot of unknowns. What we know is Power of Evil is returning, <laughs> and Speak is returning. That's it. We're not returning. Power of Evil is signed. That's official as of today. And Speak is returning. That's all we know. But, it was announced that Sword Art was going to be playing. Uh... Then there was some, there was a whole debacle with sword art and contract negotiate. I'll say contract negotiation because there was a whole lot of speculation about what and what's going on specifically with this. And then If came out and said that, oh, if this falls through somehow, then I'm going to retire. Again, speculation. They traded for Huni. Now the Huni contract is potentially void if this other situation doesn't, ha- or the trade is potentially void if this doesn't pan out the way it did, then Pallet from the LMS or PCS was brought into discussion instead of Sword Art. There is a whole lot of drama, TSM fans or the fan base is exploding, thinking that TSM somehow bungled this. My gut tells me they're just going to work this out and we're going to see the roster that it looked like it was going to be, which was Huni, Spica, Power of Evil, Double Lift, and Sword Art. So, drama and all this stuff aside, none of this is official. How does this look if that's the roster?
3: Looks like a pretty elite team to me. I think I don't really... I mean, so... I don't think salary is a question with this one. So I think it's fair to criticize them yeah. for getting Hooney um instead of Licorice. I will say that I wouldn't be surprised if one of two things happened there, either Jack being like, I'm not gonna give you Licorice or Jack being like I'm only selling these three as a package, uh being uh, Licorice, Pal Fox and Diamond. Um so that that wouldn't be too surprising, but if if neither of those is the case, then I think it's just uh a pretty bad miscalculation on their part. And even if it's not the case, I think like a guy like Solo makes more sense to me even. Um, or definitely Impact. Um, so, but I guess Impact DL probably a beef from the liquid thing. So I, I don't know, but I, I just overall Hooney seems like, uh, like a useless pickup to me. Like, I don't know. I, I would have even preferred them go get like a, an academy guy or Dude, so.
0: I'm going to disagree with you on this one, but it's it's kind of speculatory, right? I think Hooney, if you ignore the absurd contract he got, I kind of think Hooney might be a buy low. Like, ignore the money. I think he played, like... You can make the argument that he played, like, the worst of his career over the last, like, year. I, I like the buy low spot, personally. I, I think we've seen what this guy can do in the past. If he's even... Somewhere like if he's the median for his career, I love this move. I think there's one better top laner in the entire league than him. If he plays like the median of his career,
2: I'm I'm mixed with you guys because I actually think I think Huni is one of the better parts of what's happened to TSM, and I also think TSM's not going to be good.
0: <laughs> <I think laughs> Wait, what? Okay, go. I, I, I need like, to, I need to hear I need to hear this.
2: I think he's one of the best things that they've done. I don't think bringing Speaker back was good. I don't. I think Power of Evil, there's a real chance that Power of Evil falls off in this spot.
0: We've been saying Power of Evil is going to fall off for four years
2: now. I think there's a really real chance he falls off here. I liked his fit with FlyQuest. I thought he fit well with what they wanted to do. I don't necessarily think that TSM is going to want to do anything like that, and I think there's a decent chance that he falls off from that. I don't think Doublelift is good. Um, I think bringing in Sword Art, like Sword Art's obviously very good. But he's is he specific. going to be able to gel? Yeah, is the, is he going to be able to gel with this kind of roster, with the way that they're going to run things, with the kind of coaching they're going to have here? I think that's questionable. Whether he's going to be able to gel easily, even though he's clearly a very good mechanical player. I think there's a lot of questions. Even if the roster works out exactly like they want it to work out, I still think there's a decent chance. Like when I say they're not going to be good, I don't mean they're going to come ninth. I just mean like I don't think they're going to be like a domestic powerhouse. Even if everything goes exactly how they want it to go. I think there's a pretty good chance they come like third in spring even if everything goes through exactly like they want
0: i just kind of like that they sh- they went for like they shot for the moon so to speak like they just took all they they just took upside plays, like that that's what i like about this lineup i think it could easily go south don't get me wrong but i guess like josh you didn't you didn't like the Hoon- like you didn't like what i said about uh about Huni, right
3: I, I just disagree with him being the second best top laner for who's, the medium. Okay, like so. all right.
0: So who's like let's let's figure that out.
3: Licorice I mean, is you respect. It, yeah, you respect Impact more than Hooney, I thought no. Yeah, you're
0: right. So I guess okay. He's not top two.
3: Okay, no. That, I mean that that was that's the one fair. that that's fair. that's fair. That's fair to me. Was I was like that's why I was like I don't know how you're saying he's better than Impact. No, I'm not. I take that. You're back, on Licorice. Okay. 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 But yeah, I mean. Okay. I mean. I guess it's a reasonable take that I just don't. Uh, I guess don't think
0: he... too. I totally forgot someday too.
3: Yeah, and I forgot someday too. Yeah, so <laughs> I yeah. just, I just, I don't think he even gets there. Like, I didn't even think he was that good when he was with Clutch when they made the World's Run. I, I think he, was he
0: great with that team.
3: I thought he was, I thought he was pretty good. But I like all I remember for that team is just Rumble, Kiana, insane Wombos all the time. And like his Rumble is still elite, but like he just was very, very good on on other champions, in my opinion. Um, I mean, I but guess, yeah,
0: I guess like what's the argument is like they could have got impact now that we know he's a free agent because they did this before yeah. he was a free agent, right? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to check the time.
3: Impact. I mean, impact was available. Um, like, so you said you'd I'd
0: rather be really have licorice but so I liked I like solo too as like a role player, but like I think when you're you're building a team like this, like I think you want to shoot for the moon, honestly. Like if, Cloud, like if you see what Cloud like if you see what Cloud Nine did, right? See what Liquid did. Like maybe there's a little bit of that EU, like, we gotta take some shots here to beat these teams. Like, is there a little bit of a vibe of that? Is Reggie just like throwing money at the situation hoping to solve it?
2: My old hot take, but here's a hot take for you. Solo will never be good in the LCS again. You'll never see him and I have another season where people are like, oh, man, Solo's doing great. That's my that's my thought. I don't think you're ever going to see him be good again.
0: I think he's, like, yeah. he's Honestly, I thought he was great this year in terms of, like, filling his role in that team. He's better than I ever expected him to be. Uh, and I was actually moderately high on him overall, like, coming out of the Cloud9 organization and everything. But, like, I didn't think he'd ever be like that. I, that said, I mostly agree with you, John. Like, I, I don't think. is
3: it, Yeah. Is it fair to say he's just like a Roman? Like, yeah, he's just you?
0: like. Honestly, like, he is. Like, I don't know if you've ever done, like, war rating or, like, just like replacement level. He is league average to me. Like, he is league average top laner. Like, if you didn't have a name on it, he's league average top laner, which there's a market for. Like,. If he's the fifth or sixth best top laner, that's value. Like, that means something. I just don't think he's, like, deal-breaking anything, you know? Like, yeah. he's not a guy that's going to The other thing with Solo is, like, he's going to have to add things. Maybe he develops. If he de- if he continues to develop and can add some stuff to his pool, then sure. Like, I'm willing to change my mind on him, but, like, we know what he is. He's, like, a known quantity, you know?
1: And but you could say the I same just...
0: about Huni, but, like, my, the thing with Huni is that that range is wider, Like, I think, like, Solo's more narrow. I think Hooney gets painted as this, like, carry top only. Like, that's not the case, right? He's been fine doing whatever over the course of his career. Now, recently, hasn't been the case. Don't look at his Academy games. That's not evidence of anything to me, right? He kind of... Hooney feels like NA the Shy a little bit. I'm not saying he's that good. But, like, he's a guy that I think gets painted one color when I don't think he's that. You know what I mean? Like, he's... I think he's better than public perception of him. But I also think that he's like miscast as like, oh he's like a carry only top winner. Oh, if you put him on like Quinn and stuff, he's gonna dump stuff. It's Like, I just think he's like good. I don't think he's like strictly that. And I don't think he's like the feast or famine guy that everyone thinks he is either. I just think he's good. And maybe he like, just... hasn't had a home. Go ahead.
3: Yeah. I mean just to like clarify my take, I think the 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 two tiebreakers I would give solo is one, I think he's More willing to play for the team, which when you have a double if team, you kind of need out of your top laner. Um, not to say Hooney can't play weak side. Hooney definitely plays low resources and he does it all the time, but there are times that he does want to carry. And I, you know, and maybe it's right, but, um, regardless, I think solo showed last split, at least that he's a better weak side player. And then the second one for me is like, you also get the added benefit of not having to relearn communications on your top side between power evil and solo. Yeah. Um, so that makes sense to sense. keep those two a little bit, you know, together there. But you know, maybe Power of Evil, you know, said Solo's not good. You know, we don't know that.
0: Yeah. Thing, maybe but. Power of Evil and Santorin were like the savages, right? I mean, I mean, we'll get to him in a second. But like, to, to me, this team is very, again, high variance. Like, I think the range of outcomes for TSM is wide. It would surprise me a little bit if they won the split, but I wouldn't be, like, shocked. Like, my draw wouldn't be on the floor. It's like, this team's got the talent to do it. So, I mean, if again, like, I think if Hooney, if it's that lineup, even if it's with Pallet, right, I, I could see – like, if Hooney just has a good year, I could totally see this team go. I actually think is good. Speaker showed me a lot at Worlds. I was really, really impressed with Speaker, like, over the course of the summer. Like, just his development and everything. I thought he was great. So, uh. Yeah, I, I'm. I guess I'm more bullish on Spica, and that's coming from a guy that thought he was going to be the liability on this team. So there, I completely 180ed on him. Uh, yeah, TSM maybe the most intriguing lineup, maybe not the best, but like just the most interesting. I think. Uh, just, I mean, obviously there's a lot we don't know, so I guess we'll find out, right? Uh, FlyQuest, Licorice, Jose Dodo, first uh, Latam import, who's a stud. Palafox, Johnson, and Diamond. Uh, Palafox and Johnson from the Cloud9 development system. This team looks sweet. I like this team a lot. You got a couple guys getting their first chance. You got Jose Dodo getting his first chance on the, the quote-unquote big stage, like in the, you know, the, a major, whatever you think of
2: NA, a quote-unquote major region team,
0: right? And they pick up Licorice.
2: Yeah, this is, um, for me, I said this was the second best team offseason of any na team I, th- I think they did better than tsm for the situation that they were in i'm not talking about they're the second best team in north america i just mean as far as like the moves they made specifically i think FlyQuest was the had the second best offseason in na i think licorice is a great grab i think jose du- diodo is a great person to to try out i think johnson was fantastic last season it might be kind of even a little by low maybe like people might be sleeping on him because his team was bad but he was very good um, Palafox and Diamond are both people that could have really good seasons here that are, you know, rebuild type guys FlyQuest isn't a bit of a rebuild here I don't think they're going to win the LCS but I thought they made some really, really smart moves to set themselves up to be good in the future here so I'm, I'm impressed with FlyQuest
0: Yeah, I, I should make a note too um, so Newbie was on All Knights which was one of the better teams in Latin America and maybe... That's for Golden Guardians, right? Yeah um, Oh, looks I'm skipping ahead My bad <laughs> Anyway, yeah, FlyQuest. Uh, I think you were talking about Jose Dodo, like, Emmy looking at the next thing down, kind of tied that together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so definitely interesting. Um, Josh, Chris, thoughts on this lineup?
1: I like it. There's a lot of uh, good... Like, this is the type of direction I want LCS to move to. He's got to experiment, and they're bringing in... Not all rookies, and certainly Jose is one that I think useful Kylie of at Worlds that you wanted to watch him. And I'm kind of uh, happy to see him land on LCS and just figure things out. Now, I don't think by any long shot that FlyQuest is winning anything, but it's the LCS. Uh, they could make the playoffs. I don't foresee that to be an, um, I think this to seems be a problem. The playoffs, <laughs> and I like Fox. Yeah. Krish is a Great veteran to have. Diamond has done well in the academy, and Johnson is still a question for me. But you know, he is young; he can develop.
0: Josh, thoughts on FlyQuest?
3: Yeah, I, I think they'll again be similar to what they were last year in terms of competing at the top. They'll probably be a pretty pretty consistent team as well.
0: I think because uh, they they switched up coaching staff, right? Because I think that was I, the still the I still have D
1: I still have D Lim for them.
0: Oh, he play- So he's moving up, right? He moves up from Academy to the... Probably.
1: Probably. So we'll see.
0: That's a question I have for them. We'll see there. I like that lineup a lot. Golden Guardians. Uh, so we've got Niles, an iconic from Maryville University. Blaze Olive, who's been kind of solo queue superstar slash challenger standout for a while. Uh, Stixay and Newbie from All Nights in Latin America. So... I actually like this team. To me, like, if you want to go young or, you know, take a shot at some prospects, this is what you want to do, I think. Niles and Iconic played together at Maryville University, which are, like, the most dominant college team. They played overseas, competed with Chinese universities and Korean universities, right? If you don't know Niles, you need to start watching him because this kid's gonna be an absolute monster. He's really, really, really good. Um, I like picking up those two together. Uh, A blaze olive. Uh, what do you guys think about Blaze off? Because like he's kind of you could make the argument that like his like he's had his chances and has never been able to turn it into anything.
2: I've... I think we're going to disagree, but I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine with the Blaze Olive. Like, I think he's, he's been good in academy. I think he's, he's worth a shot here. I think Niles and Iconic is a brilliant pickup. Probably nobody else is looking at the, at the university teams. And there's some really talented players there. Like you said, Maryville's like basically a dom, a dynasty in, in collegiate esports. So I think that was brilliant. I think Newbie's a smart pickup. Why is Sticks Day on your team, yeah, dude? That's... Why is on your team? I think is... Sticks Day
0: is the worst player on this team. I'll say that.
2: Like, yeah, and, like I know you want to bring like a veteran presence or whatever, but like, bring a veteran presence of somebody that's like that you want your people to learn from, not Stixay. Yeah,
1: <laughs>
2: uh, that, that's the only thing that bothers me. I'm all right with bringing a veteran presence, but uh, yeah, I I, I think Stixay's a problem.
0: Thank you, Josh. Care to chime in with that? Or are you just trying to? Are oh, you just low keying it? Okay, got you, got you. Uh.
2: But yeah, it's I, I just don't understand why Stick says the, the the veteran you want.
0: I think this team could make playoffs, dude. Oh, okay, that's fair. I, like, I, I when I say playoffs, I don't know what they're gonna do for a system here, but like, I think this could be a top six team. I think this could be a fifth or sixth place team if things go right. I like John, you you recognize it. Niles an iconic. Like, this is a thing that could work. Like, if people don't know them. start paying attention. Like, look into some film on these guys because it's, like, they're legitimate. Like, I think these guys could have been in Academy this entire time. I think they could have been dumpstering Academy this entire time. You know, maybe I'll, you know, eat my hat later. But uh, you need to be watching these guys because if you want to talk about upcoming talent, I think these are, like, the two guys you want to look at. And I like that they picked them up both. I like that they're both in the same place and that they've played together before. I'm, like, super hype on those two specifically. And Ablazal has been like a top five solo queue player for five years, and is getting his first chance at a starting job. So, uh, if you if you're a fan of development and domestic talent or whatever, th- you should like this team a lot. So we'll see. And then newbie newbie was really really good uh, in Latin America. It's just going to be a matter of you know the league the league transition and seeing how he goes there. So, hundred thieves, one hundred of them. Uh, someday closer DeMonte FBI and Who I like this lineup quite a bit as well.
2: This is by far my favorite offseason because Hunter of Thieves was in a terrible position. Yep. Like with the players that they had and the situation that they were in, they were in a really rough spot. And they somehow managed to turn it into gold, like a team that I could yeah. legitimately see winning the split. Yeah. From 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 the middle of nowhere. Like they were like I said, they were in a really tough spot. Golden Guardians. All I asked for for their offseason is please go out and get a great top laner like someday to put on your team, and I think you could win the league. And instead, they released all their players, and 100 Thieves who had a great top laner was like, well, why don't we just pick up the entire rest of the roster? So I I think this was by far my favorite offseason. Papa Smithy smurfed on everybody. I really like this 100 Thieves team, and I'm going to have futures on them. Yeah,
0: I'm a huge fan of this team. I I think if you want like a dark horse – Maybe they're gonna come in hyped. I don't know, but like right now in November, if you want a dark horse for spring split, I I love this hundred thieves line. You how many how often in esports do we see a team keep like the one good thing? It never happens. They always end up dropping them, or that person gets poached, and they're just like toiling in mediocrity forever. You never ever see. We just wanted hundred thieves to keep the one good thing they have, which is Sunday, and not screw that up, and they did, and they went and got a bunch of good young players. So I'm a huge fan of this pickup.
2: Yeah, imagine, like, I'm always telling teams, I want you to go pick up, like, good young guys with potential. Imagine finding four of them who have played together before. Yeah. Like, I mean, who he's not exactly young, but at his position he is, you know? Yeah. It it was a wild value for them to just be able to grab that entire roster. I'm a little bit sad for Poom. I thought Poom had, like, some some future, and it looks like he kind of got pushed out by the fact that they brought in a whole gang at one time. But we'll see what happens with him.
3: I'll go out on so, a
2: limb. Go ahead, Josh. Go ahead. I don't, go ahead.
3: Um, I'm just going to say that the real reason that 100 Thieves won the offseason is because they somehow did not lose either Tenacity or Kenby. From that their is Foster. also worth
0: noting. 100%. I have no noting. idea how
3: – yeah, I have no idea how they didn't lose them with – um like. When you were just talking about, uh, for example, you were just talking about GGS getting Iconic and now, I was like...
0: Same thing with those two. Yeah, I'm with you.
3: Anyone just pick up Kenby and Tenacity, because Tenacity's 17 this year, so he meets the minimum age requirement. Um, and Kenby's 18, I believe, so I, I think that's their biggest win, Tenacity's
0: sure. going to get a job somewhere, I guarantee it. He's a stud. He's going to be playing somewhere by maybe the end of spring, or whenever he turns... When's he turned 18? Or so he can play at 17, I think, right? Feb-
3: February. Yeah, 17 is the minimum age requirement, I believe. Yeah, right, yeah. I mean,
0: he's going to be playing somewhere. 18 in February. I could see him replacing, like, Broxa or Zerxe or, I, honestly, like, anybody with a slow start. Maybe Jose Dodo doesn't have a good start.
3: Tenacity's the top laner. Kenby's the oh, jungler. Yeah, he's my, up.
0: might be mixing them up. Um, like, yeah, like, the two, the two of them could be playing anywhere. I'm with you on that. Uh,. I'm John, I'm too, I'm with you. I'm going to have some 100 Thieves futures for sure because Golden Guardians were pretty good and add some data to the equation, and
3: I'm with it. I just wanted to touch on it just because I went on the rant in the LEC. I, it, it feels really bad for Cody Sun because he yeah. was again I, I'm somewhat of a Cody Sun hater. I think he's been a little bit overhyped throughout his career, but I do think he was a top half of the league player, and now he's just jobless when, when someone like Sticks has a job, and that just doesn't. It kind of rubs me wrong. Like it just doesn't make sense to me that you would sign Stixenko. Maybe he'll replace them.
2: him. Yeah, I do agree with you, Josh. That yeah. a Stixenko signing is baffling. There was like four other people that could have taken that spot that would have been way better. Yeah.
0: Um. Again, just a friendly reminder. Maybe Cody was asking for a boatload of money. I I know I keep saying this stuff, and I'm not saying it's like defend the teams. I'm saying it to just remind people that this stuff is real there's a business aspect to this that i think everyone just ignores and we got to stop ignoring it because there's a lot of money involved now
3: <laughs> i do think that like at some aspect though you have to like stop trusting people who haven't earned your trust because yeah. like we talk about every year how incompetent these orgs are so like yeah. at some point you got to shift the focus to being okay we should assume guilty until proven innocent yeah. and this, that's fair like, that's fair too
2: another scenario like Charming in a little bit, but another scenario that people don't think of that often is like this is like this frame of, of reference. So like, let's say I start a company. I mean, I did start a company, but let's say I hired Josh and I mean, I did hire Josh. Um, <laughs> but, no, but let's say I start a company and I hired Josh and his contract's up after a year. And at the end of that contract, I'm like, Hey, you know, I started this company and I brought you in and I really like you to keep working here. Will you commit to work here for your next contract? And he's like, No, I'm going to look around. Like my feelings are going to be hurt, and I'm going to like not be happy about that—that that I like brought him into my company and started with him—and then, you know, as soon as he gets a chance, he's telling me he's going to go look for money somewhere else. And so maybe I just go, you know, I'm going to stop bringing you back. Then you want to go look somewhere else for money? Go look somewhere else for money, buddy. I, I've got—I'm bringing in somebody else. Like that's just a different frame of reference that yeah. I think people don't think about that could occur in some of these situations. It's just like, really, you're, that's what—that's the disrespect you're going to show me after I, I brought you in and made you a part of all this, and then you're going to tell me you're just going to go look for some more money somewhere else. Like, screw you. And that could be a thing, you know, I'm
0: positive that happens. Like, it's, I don't know how much, but I'm positive that happens.
2: I could see myself as a GM or as an owner. Like, if, especially if I had th- this situation hasn't necessarily occurred, but especially if I had plucked somebody from like solo queue or something and recognize them when nobody else did offered them a contract that maybe other people weren't willing to offer them or whatever. And then immediately the first chance they get, they bail. Like they say, they're going to bail on me. I could see myself being hurt and being like, nah, don't bring them back. Yeah. You know,
0: just worth mentioning i think for sure just i think we need to start considering a lot of this stuff because i think in esports for the vast majority of like its existence basically like no one's really put a lot of consideration into all this stuff Well, i think the vast majority of people don't put a lot of consideration to this and i think we just want to hammer home tonight that you should start considering this stuff because there's a boatload of money involved um cloud 9 obviously the the Big elephant in the N.A. room is Perks to Cloud9. The rest of the lineup is Fudge, Blabber, Zven, and Vulcan. So this is a weird situation. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I don't know if Perks can 1v9 this league. I kind of think 100 Thieves have a better lineup.
2: <laughs> Josh! <laughs> I feel weird about this. It's just for a couple weird. I just have a weird. Like, I don't think I don't think Sven's good. Everybody knows that. Yeah. I've been saying it's been bad forever. I think Blabber was a little bit overhyped last season. I think Fudge is awesome. I yeah, think Fudge is good. I think Vulcan's pretty good. I think Perks is obviously great. I'm trying to figure out how much of an upgrade I think Perks is over Nisky. Like it's clearly it's clearly a decent size upgrade of some kind. I'm trying to decide if it's a massive upgrade, if it's just a bit of an upgrade, if it's a medium-sized upgrade. Something I
0: didn't mention here is that Reaper is, is out as well.
2: Yeah, which is kind of important, because reaper has been probably the coach of the decade for NA. But I don't know, man. I mean, they were not good at the end of summer. And the difference they made, they brought in Fudge instead of Licorice, which I think has the potential to be an upgrade. They really changed, like, one position in a major way. If I don't if I think Perks is just like a solid upgrade over Nisky, I'm not sure this team's really that good. If it's a huge upgrade over Nisky, then yeah, maybe they're a contender to win.
0: Like maybe That's Perks just thinking. smurfs on this entire league and like we're laughing at ourselves in, you know, March or April, whenever the middle of the season is, but like I don't think NA is as clear cut as Europe, I'll put it that way. No, it's not. Josh, you you seemed uh mildly outraged. Is that a thing?
3: Okay, I we need to get something clear. Perks will literally kill DeMonte sixteen times in lane. So the hundred thieves talk is just absolute no, no. That's a no for me, dog. Second off, in terms of Niski versus Perks, like we've seen it, right? So like, there's a sample size from Splice versus G two Days. Um, you know they they play a fairly different style. Time ago. But but yeah, I mean, you know, Perks is obviously like the most accomplished player in, in EU history and Nisqy and kinda got his speed wet in that region. So you know, I don't I do think it's an upgrade. Um it's it's always tough to quantify those things for sure. But yeah, I I I just want to pump the brakes a little bit on the hundred teams hype Like I don't think any mid laner in this league can play with Perks at all. And especially not DeMonte, who I think is a bottom half mid laner in the league. All right,
0: so that's where the difference is then. Because I think yeah, we, disagree, yeah. we disagree on Demonte then. I think that's... Yeah, like, I if I if think, that's your yeah. perspective on it, I totally understand where you're coming from then. Okay. That makes sense. Chris? All things... Oh. got it. Chris. Uh, yeah.
1: No, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Hold on. Let me just... Well, we begin to see a bit of the regression um, that I was expecting. I knew he was an overaggressive jungler that would often get caught out and die for no reason. And he played flawlessly through spring and the early part of summer, and then we began seeing some inefficiency again from him. So it worries me that Blaber is not necessarily a top tier jungle, and now you're losing the guy that can bring out the most out of these academy players. Uh, we're adding a new uh, mid laner. Yeah, mid laner great, great talent, but it's someone that you're going to have to, again, figure out what your chemistry is, what your team wants to look like. So, there's a lot more worry. I'm not buying into 100 Thieves yet because they hurt me too many times, but I, I think on paper, I do think 100 Thieves is better than C9. Any
0: yeah, at the top is kind of interesting I think there's arguments you could make for basically four teams. I think that's I'm...
2: realistic, right? Like,
0: yeah, I guess we should get that. Um, let's get that. Let's get the rest of the roster, and then we'll talk at the end. We'll one more. One more there.
2: thing I want to say about Cloud Nine, mm-hmm. which is I understand that Perks and Zven are friends, like and they've known each other for a long time, and that I, the mythy maybe could be a part of this roster as well, and maybe we're bringing like you know some connections back together. The power of friendship. But, but this was the crown shot landing spot. Yeah. This was the dream crown shot landing spot for me. You bring crown when somebody mentioned that in the chat, I was like, that's just perfect. Like, I would have loved to see Crown Shot on Cloud9. Yeah. And I bet it had something to do with the fact that Person's Ven are friends, is why Cloud9 probably wasn't looking. Uh, it might have helped bring perks there. But yeah, I think this would have been a beautiful little landing spot for, for Crown Shot. But just wanted to make the
1: point of that.
0: Yeah, this is, uh. Yeah, we're going to go on to a. Weirdly, I, I don't want to say less exciting because it's intriguing. I think, uh. We're, we'll recap all of NA in just a second. Immortals. Uh, Revenge. Xerxe, Insanity. I liked them keeping Insanity. He was excellent. Uh, and then Raze and Destiny, the Oceanic Pile Lane. So Rays from uh, the World Championships, we got to see, uh, got a little taste of him this year for those that did not watch uh, any of the uh, OPL. This roster's interesting to me. I, I don't think – I think a lot of people are really down on this. I think a lot of people don't like Xerxe, but, like, I could see
2: this team doing something.
0: I don't. I don't think this team's gonna be terrible.
2: I don't have that big of a problem with Zerse. My biggest interest with this team is if you're gonna do this, I don't understand why you brought in Zerse. That's fair. Like bringing in Zerse feels like a like we want to compete. We've got two or three stars. We need like a good, solid, experienced jungler to come in and help them out. So we're gonna bring in Zerse because he's not a star, but he's like you know he's been around the block and he knows what he's doing. I don't know why you bring him in if you're gonna like bring in a a brand new bot lane and two young players revenge and keeping keeping insanity. Like, there's plenty of you know veteran role players in NA that you can just have on your team. I don't know why you would import a veteran role player, but
3: good. well, you see, they lost Smithy, so they wanted Smithy with an accent. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't
2: know.
0: laughs> oh, that's, that's that might be the new
2: episode. Smithy with an accent,
0: uh, dude. So. Revenge is like a pretty big risk here. Played a little bit with a Ac- FlyQuest Academy a couple of years ago. This almost I right, so I'll say I'll, I don't know this for certain. This seems to me that it was like SoloQ influenced. Right? Like Insanity Maybe a lot of these guys see him just, like, tearing it up in solo queue, wanting to give him a shot. He played in, like, that – I think he, he was one of the, play, like, standouts in that Tyler 1 tournament, like that Tyler 1 championship series or whatever they did, right? He was one of the standouts from that. Um, yeah, it th- seems like a risk. This is almost like a Piosic move where it's like this guy doesn't really have a strong track record of organized play, but –
2: Maybe they just
0: maybe a couple of these players just got dumpstered by him enough times. It's were like this guy's good. We should try him out. But
2: makes perfect sense for a rebuilding team that's going to yeah. bring in raids and, and to some degree destiny and insanity. Great, but I just don't understand why you bring in Zerxay. Yeah, I'm with you. Doing. The
0: Zerxay move is kind of a question mark, but I maybe they want some kind of weird. I would say veteran presence, but they're like imports, so he's going to be dealing with new territory too. So it's weird. I don't know. Maybe they. I don't know. I I agree with you. Like that's the strangest part of this. I think that's like weirder than the revenge, like risk, so to speak. But yeah, I don't know. I think this team could be end up being fine. Not saying they're gonna win the split or anything, but wouldn't surprise me if uh, they were like better than people thought. Um, CLG, Finn, from Rogue, Broxa. <laughs> Co-Belter, Wild Turtle, and Smoothie.
2: Is this what, not like the NA roster? Like what the the an eclectic crew. Past, the NA holding on to the past signing names for the last couple of years roster. Dude. <sighs> okay. I mean, I guess fit kind of young, but that's so, how this
0: feels
2: to me.
0: So let's, let's... I think clearly a lot of people think this, this is like a dumpster fire status team. There's a lot of people that feel that way. Let's make the case for... It's not. <laughs> like, so
3: I'm actually I'm actually like pretty pro this team.
0: Yeah, I don't so, hate it either, Josh. I'm I think I'm you and I are going to see eye to eye on this. But go ahead.
3: Uh, yeah. So I'm I'm actually like a pretty big fan of what they did. I mean, so Finn like looked bad in EU, but like NA top lane is nowhere near the same caliber of players. If like, you don't have you don't have Whippo, you don't have Wonder to deal with first off, and then that's not to mention like the bad team top laners like Capuchard, who was an Ole absolute. Omnay. And Odo, yeah. So there, there's not really that caliber of player. And Finn looked bad by comparison to them, but I think it'll be fine. And he's also young and has, has a chance to develop, although you could argue that won't happen in any. Um, I think that Broxa is getting a, like from what I've heard, um, a pretty bad rap, surprisingly, like especially after how well he played at Worlds. Um, I thought it was pretty clear to me that their game plan just didn't fit what we all thought was his strength, which is being a person that can help his laners and team liquid seemed to be playing a style that was more like he didn't have to do anything. Yeah. So he just played his role. And I think that he did that well. And I think if anything, he just showed his like his versatility. Um, I think Poe belter I mean, I talked about it all the time. He was, he was the NA crown shot for me, uh, ultra one V nine. I think he is a very, very good mid laner. And I think that, um, so, like, yeah, a pretty good top half. I think, honestly, you take this roster and just replace the boss, bot lane with Cody Sun X, and I'm, like, all, probably really, really all in on the top 4 I just don't think Wild Turtle and Smoothie is, is my favorite combo there. See,
0: see, here's what's weird to me. I think Finn is the question mark on this team. I think Turtle's coming off his – weirdly, I've never thought I'd ever say this, but with Turtle's coming off a pretty good season. Like, after he got benched and he came back in, like, he was good. Like, the best I've ever seen him play. And I say that not because he, like, had all these crazy highlight reel plays, but because he wasn't feeding. He was doing his job. He's never been a guy to do that. So, I mean, maybe that was a product of the environment he was in, but.
3: This team. This
0: team looks like a whole bunch of bilos to me.
2: I don't think this team is that bad. I don't think it's as bad as the people in the Discord are saying, but here's what I'll say about this team. This team is the example of what I was talking about earlier about the danger of when you don't have the best team but you're not rebuilding. Yeah. Is all it would take is one of these young rosters to to really glow up, to push these guys into like 4th or 5th and then suddenly you paid for a bunch of names and you're not a good team. Yeah. Or like you're not competing for the title or whatever. Like this is the the perfect example. So you got some good players on this team. I don't think this team's really capable of winning the LCS, but they should be like a top 3 or 4 team maybe you know it's 5 top 5 but all it takes is just one glow up from one of these young rosters and suddenly you're a fifth or sixth place team and you're paying for not much you know
0: i don't i guess i'm viewing them as a fifth or
2: like potential
0: potential fifth or sixth place team
2: i could see them being fourth or fifth or something like like josh is saying i could see them being fourth or fifth or they're going to get a spring split edge for me
0: this is the kind okay. of team that does better in the spring split and falls off over the year as the rookies get more experience so maybe maybe like CLG to make playoffs futures if you can get good value. Yeah. For
1: them. I don't know, man. I think it says Sub Yeon. Is that smoothie substitute? Is that a support uh,
0: substitute? I believe he's an AD carry.
1: Oh, okay. Well, smoothie is still the biggest weakest link for me, and I just don't like the Any team smoothie? overall because of.
0: Like smoothie she had a bad year. He had he had like one bad season, like two, like a year ago. Uh. Look, we all know the MVP thing was maybe a little overblown, but he was good. He was good in 2019. So right. one year removed He's... from that, like that—that's what this lineup is to me. It's like a whole bunch of like misfit toys that are that had bad years, except for Poe Belter. I think had a good year, and Broxa... I think, was overblown how bad he was. I don't think he was bad. He just was a guy. Like, he didn't have to do anything on that team. So, God, Chris. I'm sorry. I totally interrupted
1: you. No, it's all right. It's all right. I think it will just differ on this one. I feel that – and maybe CLG broke my heart last year when I just, you know, (laughs) all that crown junk. Uh, But they they feel like immortals from last year to me, the, the makeup of this team. So, I'm not excited.
0: A little bit of breaking news. Doran to KT Rolster. Still too many question marks on that team, so we don't know. But I like Doran and so I think Doran's kind of underrated, actually, so I like that move. Um, Evil Geniuses. A lot of question marks here. They signed Ignar. Uh, Still have Jizuke and Svenskeren, from what I know, and that's all I know. Well, it said sense. they
2: were going to build around Svenskeren, and that's the dumbest plan of any <laughs> NA team by far. Like holding on to Jazuke Smart, I think bringing in Ignar is good. I think Ignar is pretty good, although we've seen some some weird toxicity issues with Ignar and Solo Q and stuff that yeah. have kind of come out. But uh, you know, he's been pretty good in the in the league. Jazuke, I think, is great. Why are you building around Svenskeren? So... I can see getting red Bang, like he's an import. Even though he was good, he was an import, so maybe you just want to get away from that. But I, I would definitely be getting rid of Sven Skaren and building around Jazuke. So
0: I know you're not a huge fan of Sven Skaren, but I'll I'll make this case, and I'm not necessarily disagreeing with you. I just want to make the point, right? I think Sven and Jazuke showed some promise together, like as a unit. Like it makes the way those two play, they want to make shit happen. So those two, it actually kind of makes sense to me to have those two paired together. I I agree with you, like, saying build around is maybe dangerous, like, a dangerous way to put it if you're asking for some criticism. (laughs) Because I don't think he's quite that good. I don't think Sven's as bad as we saw last year. I don't think he's as good as we saw in years before. I think he's probably somewhere in the middle. I think Jizuke is definitely not... That was just a weird thing for Jazuke last year. I think the game just wasn't good for him. If it stays that way, then maybe this is problematic. But uh, I don't... And I like that, like, these three guys are playmakers. Like they're just instinctual playmakers. Like they're all guys that want to make something happen. You can make the argument that like that's not a good thing to have too many of those on a team. But uh let's see. So who was this supposed to be then, John? It was Impact, right? Was the other rumored Oh, yeah, never mind. Never mind.
3: Okay. Yeah, I think they were they were rumored to get a couple of the NA guys. Um because I think Ignar and Ignar and uh Jazuke are the imports, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah So yeah, any of the imports. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and then I think, I mean, they should still have Kumo, no? Yeah, right? I don't know or, if
0: Ignor is the residency, North American residency yet, but...
3: Wasn't he, no, because he was EU just two years ago, right? I mean, last year was his first year in NA, I think. He's, still, sure he's, he's
0: still Korean residency, so...
3: Yeah. Yeah, because he wasn't in EU long enough to get a EU residency, and then got wasn't... In, it, got got Okay. Long enough. So I think yeah, I think those are their two imports. Um, so there's and, still a lot of I mean, questions yeah. for EG then. Well, because the, the Huni thing affects them directly, right? Yeah. So, um, kind of gotta wait on TSM to see how that all falls out, and then, you know, maybe they end up, maybe this ends up where being where Cody goes or something like that. Uh, you never know, because they just have so much question from the Huni you Got it. Got it. Uh, Liquid.
0: Alfari, Santorin, Jensen, Tactical, and Core JJ. I love this lineup. I'm a huge fan of this lineup.
2: This is probably your spring
0: favorites, right? Yeah. Assuming to, we have to, a spring. To me, to me, this is the spring favorites, but yeah, that's the way I see it. Perks could also just smurf on everyone. That's like the he is, Perks is like the ultimate like trump card, right? Like he's literally just like pocket aces. Like he could, he could just he could just be like pocket rockets, you know. Like, like he could just carry that team by himself. I don't know. I I don't think Liquid are leaps and bounds better than everyone, but to me, this is the best lineup.
2: So, yeah, I I agree with you. I think they they could lose, but I think they're the best roster from what I'm seeing. I think overall, they're they're probably the best.
0: Um,
3: yeah, I mean, in in a vacuum, they only they hard upgraded. Like, no one would ever argue that Alfari is worse than Impact and. It'd be hard. You'd be hard pressed to find anyone arguing that Santorin wasn't better than Broxa last year. Yeah, um,
0: and Tactical was just a monster at Worlds, which is hella promising. So, yeah, I mean, and you could make an argument that Corey JJ is the second best player in NA to perks. So, and that's assuming he's you know himself. So uh, yeah, I'm just I, glad we saved the best for last. Oh, well, I saved the best for last to help close out on on a fast note, so we could sum up. N.A. Dignitas, it's currently just Dardok and Afremu and Lorlo. I
2: don't, I don't, know, don't know who's gonna power friendship again. I don't even need to know who's gonna be on this team. They're coming last. I don't. Even, <laughs> it doesn't matter who they sign, dude. Like, what if like Comcast
0: Spectacore just throws a bag at Crownshot or like.
2: No, throw a bag at Skara and Kiwi Kid. Just make
3: the bring it back. The run the, the five year run back.
2: Yeah, just just bring that back and have some meme value for your team at least because this team's gonna be fucking terrible. Whatever they are, I I, have, I hard agree with you.
3: Sorry, look, I'll say no this:
2: that they could find a decent signing for this team. Wait,
3: guys, guys, we're we're ignoring the elephant in the room. This is this is it.
2: Is this, this the forgiven landing spot? This is, is this where? Oh forget- no! A legendary player, a legendary franchise, mixed together, oh, ready to go. My
0: goodness, I'm gonna laugh my ass off if Dignitas end up importing like Smeb or like <laughs> not. And that's nothing against Smeb. Like if they just end up going out and like like spending a boatload of money, and we just haven't heard the
3: free agents yet. Dignitas Jackie Love, you heard it here first, folks.
2: <laughs> I could see. Khan? Con. Like, Conwood Con
3: would shit on North
0: America, dude.
2: <laughs> I could totally see them, like, they didn't pick up any of the big name free agents they wanted, but, like, the shareholders are like, we want to be competitive this season. Like, we want some good imports. So they just go sign some, like, random guy import guys from Korea, like Smeb or somebody. I could totally see that happening. No, they'll
0: get, like, they'll get, like oh Challenger
2: God. guys, like, Challenger Korea players.
0: <laughs> or they'll go get like the the cast like the free agents in China like they'll go get like uh, CJJ and Rat or something like that like I don't know I look I I personally I'll say this because I'll go to bat for Dardok. I think he has a bad rap I think he's better than people think he is I'm not saying he's like an absolute stud but at least you got that going for you <laughs> for now we don't even know if that's true <laughs> That's not even. Yeah, we don't even know. So yeah, big big questions. So NA what, what in general.
2: What are Dignitas to odds right now? Dignitas odds to win NA if you had to make the line right now?
0: Right now, I would be skeptical to put anything up because I don't know.
2: I might. I might make them. Dude, like they're like pseudo owned right
0: by the Sixers, dude.
2: Uh, yeah, where? Where? Why are they not competitive? That's the question.
3: Well, the, actually, that's why. I don't know if you guys didn't hear that from Gafford, but the NBA-owned franchises took a big hit because of COVID. Yeah. Uh, ruining all the NBA revenues. So that's why Golden Guardians got rid of their entire team. Cheap. And isn't doing much um, because they're, you know, cutting back in the businesses that don't make money. And we've talked about before on the show that esports orgs don't generally generate revenue.
0: Yeah. So this the is like – Profit, I should luxury say. Luxury spending for them, yeah. So – yeah, I don't know. Uh, would be this might just be an academy team. Who's getting their in. academy team? I don't even know. Forgiven <laughs> Khan, Dardok. <laughs> Forgiven Khan, <laughs> Dardok, uh, And uh
1: Vegar
0: V three Peanut to uh,
1: Look at Peanut. Tarzan. They can get Tarzan?
0: Yeah, though the oh, all, wait, all of wait, a sudden yeah, like, yeah, where did yeah. you guys get four imports from? <laughs> no, they're from Oklahoma, dude. It's all good. Birth like, <laughs>
1: certificate ready. Got the beat man. citizenship. Um, yeah, you guys,
3: you guys are you guys are laughing now. Just wait till they sign Knight and Jackie Love. Here, here. <laughs> oh my
0: god! I mean, <laughs> would that be, be enough story. to be like, okay, we have to consider this?
2: Dignitas Knight, bring it.
0: You want to talk about? NA wielding their wallet that would be the way to do it imagine
2: right? Jackie Love and Moo trying to get along in the bot lane or like Dardoch and Knight trying to get along as a mid jungle duo every know. time Dardoch ganks Knight's just looking this at him like this
0: my brain to think about dude I don't even want to <laughs> um, so NA big picture now that we're two and a half hours in <laughs> um, I think it's Liquid Cloud9 I really really like the FlyQuest lineup a lot and 100 Thieves. I think I think, I think. think. Liquid Cloud on 100 Thieves are like your top three. And I think there's going to be like probably a couple in the middle there that are...
2: Yeah, TSM's probably going to be around there. Yeah, I, I think, think they're going to be in the lower part of that, but I think they're probably around there. Yeah, you know, I now I'm
0: thinking about it. I think I'd probably put TSM in that.
2: And FlyQuest order. is going to be... I think FlyQuest is going to be competitive as well. Yeah. I don't think they're going to be a, a league winner, but I think they're going to be competitive. Yeah,
0: I think it's like those five... And then there's probably going to be, like, two teams that are clearly better than the bottom of the table. My guess would be Golden Guardians.
3: And... Yeah, I guess when we were when we were
2: talking about some of these teams, we didn't actually, like, do a ranking to really think about yeah. it. Because, like, when we were talking about CLG. We were like, yeah, maybe they could be, like, a fourth, fifth place team. I think team.
0: CLG's probably in that ballpark. But,
2: but actually, I think CLG's, like, a sixth place team that could easily get knocked out of the playoffs if any of the yeah. young teams close up, you know? So...
0: And I think you're going to have, like, uh, Dignitas is literally looking like a dumpster fire right now. Like, the fact that we all have all these questions. Now, may- maybe there's, like, a dominoes to Fall situation with them, too, and they're just waiting. I don't know, but I doubt it. So, I think you're looking at Dignitas probably last, and then we'll see from there, I guess. Um, yeah, the top of the table should be interesting, though. For sure. Um, I yeah, think there's a like- few two- I think any one of those teams could like have a ceiling performance and win a split or something like that. Well, if we get a split, that's the other big question here. So potentially NA might be going to a longer form thing, but that's a rumor. We don't actually know yet. So, all right, got through a lot, took two and a half hours, but we basically covered, you know, a month of free seat, like free agency, not officially. It didn't start to like last week or whatever, but got a lot done here. Um, there will be more news trickling in, especially in the Eastern Leagues. I'm sure we'll be touching on more as that starts to trickle in over the next couple of weeks. Uh, everybody enjoy your holiday for those that are celebrating it. Everybody else stay safe. If you guys uh, don't have anything else, I think we'll uh, get out of here. This is a pretty long
2: show. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Happy Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. everyone.
1: Happy Thanksgiving. Bye. Eat turkey. Lots See you later, everybody. No, no turkey for me. No turkey.
0: The Gold Card podcast opening theme is "Clouds" by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is "Wasp in a Hat" by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode.